a one, two, three, and. How y'all doing today? Bite by popular demand. Sunshine and rainbows. How you gentlemen doing? I'm doing good. Um, had a rough week as far as like sleep. Man, it's not lit. It's not really happening, but I'm good. You know. Um, Who had a rough week? Me, me, me. It was as far as sleep, not like like Who, Who's me? You gotta introduce yourself, bro. We got new listeners in the building. Well, I mean, we do. I thought y'all could see my face while I was talking, but I'm Banks himself, aka the guy who has been having sleep this week. AKA, <laughs> Dude in a red hoodie uh, with the Naruto headband on. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I haven't got much sleep this week. Um, Mike, check one, two. Y'all know what it do. It's your man's William H. At Murphy's Law 615, one third of the Prison Black Podcast. Glad to be. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm Carl Tomlinson, aka Chaos Black. And um, I've been waiting to hear that jazz music. Been been waiting to hear. <laughs> you want to hear it again? I can I can hear. Look, I can get you what you want. Is this, is this what you want? <laughs> what I love best about it is it's only like four seconds long. <laughs> four seconds is all you need, dog. That's all we need to shine, baby. We in the spotlight, <laughs> but I'm not gonna start. Sometimes I'd be ready to get a little bop, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> we only got four yeah. seconds. I can loop it. I looped it last week. You want me to loop it again? I can loop it. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> every time nah. I hear it, every time nah. I hear it, I'm just waiting for the second chord. Like, <laughs> We're not going out like that. We need the full track. Yeah, whoever put that together on the internet, if you're listening to this podcast, please get us the rest of that track. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> so, Vaughn, we know how we got a beat on your week. Carl, how's everything going on your end, family? I'm okay. Flatline. You know me. I'm just waiting for the topics. Waiting for the topics. Carl, you don't never want to talk about how you feel, bro. What's wrong? What's that's, pretty, that's pretty much true. That's pretty accurate. No, look. <laughs> We're friends here, bro. How was your week? Respect the privacy. Oh, um, no, nah, week was fine. You know, I can't complain. Can't, cannot complain. I'm just ready to tell Will he's wrong, like he always is on the on the on the podcast. So, the irony behind that statement, Carl, is you be arguing with yourself. <laughs> I'm not here for the arguments or disagreements. I respect everybody's opinion, and you are entitled to have that. I'm However, I prefer to stick to facts, though. I do on, first. So I was arguing with myself on the Jedi episode. I thought it, it looked like I was arguing with both of you. But that's okay. No, there wasn't no argument. Javon and I were in agreement on what we was doing. You're the only one who had a disagreement. <laughs> we was uh we were in sync, cohesive. You know what I mean? We made a decision. You were outside of the circle of trust on that. Speaking of, since you started with Star Wars, y'all catch that new trailer for Star Wars Visions? Yeah, dude. They are going anime, and I can't wait. Star Wars anime, I think, is what we needed that we never asked for, but secretly all wanted. Vaughn, react. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Just because my, my thing about animation, as far as like live action, <clears throat> animation really isn't limited to what you can string up in three D, or um, you know what you can do as far as like. 
with actors. Like, you can pretty much, if you can draw it, you can make it. So, like, if you want somebody to do 70 flips, <clears throat> you just draw them doing 70 flips. So, like, with me, that's my, that's why, that's one of the things I like more, the most about animation is that you're not limited to, you're only limited with your, by your imagination. So, it's like, as long as you can put it on paper, you can do it. So, yeah, that's always, so. Mm-hmm. I keep it funky, eight more than 92. I'm drawn to the aesthetic of anime style. Like any type of, of course I can enjoy an animation, but this Star Wars vision is actually a, a total, uh, the, I, the entire series is anthology, I believe, but it's random different stories taking place at different points uh, throughout the galaxy, right far, far away. But they've done, gone out of their way to incorporate um, a lot of anime uh, characteristics, if you will. Uh, seems to be wise samurai like Jedi out there somewhere. Um, definitely enhanced force abilities that we're seeing explored. Uh, I'm just excited overall. Like you throw a lightsaber into anything um, with me, and as a Star Wars fan, like I'm, I'm pretty much there for it. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be streaming in September, if I'm not mistaken. Carl, unimpressed or don't care? No, I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen the preview. Yeah, you should go watch it. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you, do yourself a favor on that one. It's uh, about two to three minutes, but it's it's enough mm-hmm. to. Get your Jedi, Jedi Knight sentiment stirring, but you know to that point, Jedi still suck. So, um, yeah. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. Here we uh, go. I'm just also saying. with that, we have a Lord of the Rings anime coming out. Which I'm just gonna say, if you animate something, I think it makes it ten times better. Case in point, Blood of Zeus. Was Blood of Zeus not? It was animated, like they animated the, the, the stories just in general. If that story had been done, like we saw Immortals, we saw any movies on, on Greek mythology is kind of, you know, we know the special effects, but from an animated perspective, it was way better than I think any other studio would have done if it not been like the detail in Zeus looking like a Super Saiyan, you know, doing some of his godly Zeus-like powers. It's just like, yeah, that story hits way better with the anime effects. I actually really like yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Especially, especially Seraphim. Seraphim was my favorite character. So. Now, nah, big facts. Um, I don't think we're going to get another season of Blood of Zeus. Um, they set it up to have another season, but I don't know. If but would it just be, but would it be a continuation of that story or just more yeah. Greek mythology? More Greek mythology or, or just a continuation of that story. Just like, because like Seraphim at the end is offered a choice. See, I didn't mm. spoil it. I did not spoil it. He's offered a choice. Ah, oh, oh, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> He's offered <laughs> a choice, and he kind of takes, you know, the road that leads to a sequel uh, instead of just saying, you know, I'm going to, you know, peace it out. But, um, so, yeah, I think I think they definitely set it up for season two. But, um you know, I, I might, I'm looking into it tonight because I, I really like that show. No, nah, facts. Well, I mean, not to straight down that rabbit hole, just this Lord of the Rings anime is going to take place about six to 700 years before the events we see in the trilogy, uh, centering on the dwarves in the mountain. Um, so I'm guessing about where Smog takes that mountain, uh, but those battles, and I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, so I'm not a diehard fan, but if you ask me who would win in a fight between Dumbledore and Gandalf, I'm definitely rolling with Gandalf, so. Dumbledore makes him. Dumbledore all day, every day, twice on the weekend. 
Dumbledore is dead, by the way. <laughs> he is dead. And Gandalf is like <laughs> eternal. Gandalf the White is like he's he comes back immortal. So I mean, just throwing that out there. I don't know how dead ass Dumbledore gonna beat eternal Gandalf, but I mean, we'll, we'll, there, Carl. <laughs> first off, uh, we'll we'll handle it on the next versus episode. No, deadass, that is a bar argument starter. I have I have thrown that one out there just, just to get reactions. And people, the Harry Potter nerds take that serious, bro. Like, I'm they just, will go I'm, in. I'm just saying we we can talk about it on the next verse episode. But yeah, yeah we, we might have to come back to that. But I, say, I said what I said, and y'all heard me. But, yeah, Lord of the Rings anime coming. That's going to be exciting. Um, aside from that, Disney What If first episode. Did y'all get a chance to? Check that out, Captain Carter. No. Yeah, I saw. I, uh, I saw it. It was uh, it was a great watch. Uh, I want to talk about it a little bit later. I want to get into like the stuff that like we, we were gonna talk about today. Uh, maybe I know um, there are a couple of there are a couple of new like animated things that are that are out either animated or animated related uh, shows that have yeah, that yeah, yeah. dropped uh, recently. That um, just wanted to mention. For, for people who are who are listening to watch um but um i know today's episode isn't today's episode about like top Pause that list. real quick excuse me because we wasn't done with that and we have two minutes left on the talk track i know you're trying to segue but i had something to follow up with that uh for those who didn't know what if is just you know y'all i've seen I'm sure y'all seen the trailers just a, a take on the, the events of marvel just alternate views vantage points at least uh, but captain carter explores what if Agent Peggy Carter had become Captain America instead. And to couple with that, it looks like it is official. Anthony Mackie will be donning the uh, shield for Captain America 4 in the MCU. So not uh, not anything major in terms of where they're going with that direction, but it looks like that is confirmed. And he is also going to continue repping that Captain America. Uh, and I guess if there's going to be a season two of Cap, Cap America and the Winter Soldier. So, or if, yeah. Used to be Falcon and Winter Soldier, now it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I'm really excited about the next phase of Marvel. So Papa Doc's come up. He's come a long way. Like, I'm happy for him. He, he's come a long way from getting served by B-Rabbit to saving and avenging the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, shout out to that guy, man. But, Carl, I know you are anxious. We've got a few things to talk about tonight, and I'll let my man Carl take it away. But uh, why don't you introduce a few of the topics, sir? Um, <clears throat> so for today's episode, we were going to get into our top, uh, top tier list for different topics involving like anime. I know, um, I won't, I won't, I won't name them all. I know, uh, some of my esteemed co-hosts, uh, some of these topics are, are, um, some of their favorites. So, um, specifically guys one- to the listeners, your top one and done and some anime moments that we've just compiled on our own independent kind of vibe. So, so you're talking about best one season anime. That's what we discussed. No. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just, uh, just trying to, just trying to make it clear for everybody. So yeah, just that's that was listening because my memory. But yeah, no, nah, who's oh, listening? Yeah. Like I know we know. I'm just, just making sure like they know what we're talking about. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah so first topic is. What is um, your top five, your top 10? If you have that many, best one season animes, I'll let you guys go first. 
I'm going. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get into a ranking with it. Uh, I really want to throw them out there and get y'all's take on some of the ones that I think are just really that good, and I want to do the same with y'all. I mean, I yeah, I don't I'll be know. honest with you to 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 the point of ranking. And I know we do a lot of ranking, but I'll be honest. It dawned on me that I don't recall as much as I thought I did with some of the classic OGs that I've watched. And it's not like back in the day where we had to wait for releases and go buy. Like now with streaming, I can really just sit down and binge. So I think um, what I'm going to do soon, shortly, is get kickstarted with a Prison Black anime challenge that we can discuss off air, maybe moving in coming weeks. But I want to watch all the OGs and all the new new wave shit and just excuse it, edit that out. Um, new wave shows and just do a comparison side by side. But one of my top uh, one and dones starting off, I would say Dead Man Wonderland. I really enjoyed that show. I enjoyed the premise for those who don't know. Um, Dead Man Wonderland centers uh, in Japan. Big earthquake destroys most of what is Japan, about three fourths of it. Um, lands our main character, Ganta Igarashi, into a he gets framed for like murdering his class. I'm not going to spoil it too much, but he lands in some prison uh, where he's on death row and he, you know, they're, they're pretty much manipulating the prisoners. It's a kind of a tale of, um, you know, there's like some dark elements, obviously, you know, the trafficking and all that type stuff. But um, to put a spin on that, they're manipulating these prisoners, injecting them with a poison uh, and they turn around and treating them um, with the cure so that, you know, they kind of do what they say. And uh, a few select prisoners have determined uh, or figured out a way to manipulate their blood to use it like as as they see fit as weapons. Um, so that leads to prison fights, of course, which anonymous viewers bid money to watch people brutally fight to the death. And the show started off amazing and unfortunately uh, got canceled because the studio, Monglobe, uh, went bankrupt in 2015. So, you know, we we are not getting a second season, but Dead, Dead Man Wonderland was hard. Yeah. And um, just to be, just to make it clear, Obviously, like uh, when we're mentioning these, they're not ranked. Like when when we're, we're, when we're mentioning like these shows, most of these they're not ranked in a certain order or whatnot, unless we specifically say no. I think you know this is one of the best of this of all time or whatnot. So they're not in any order. But like as Will said, Dead Man Wonderland, classic one season. Um, um, Paul, can we it. can but, we count? I want to ask before we get it get further. Can we? Are we counting? Uh, one like two seasons like that's it five nights is one and done too because I, I would lean towards those kind of are start to finish done stories uh, but but also it doesn't always break down into two seasons because i got into that with code Geass. japanese version was just running and then the american dud version had it br- split up into two seasons but how we are we treating those i think um if the original version has it just as like if if the original version like has it as like one season, then it's just one season. Okay. All right, Banks, what you got, man? I got drum roll, please. Double Man Cry Baby. Um, I mean, I I got some more shows that people are like. Oh, you didn't name this one, but I just, you know, I just want to throw some new, some stuff out there that people. Hold on, what'd you say? You said Double Man. Devil Man Crybaby. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so I'm just trying to throw some stuff out there that I don't talk about like a lot. It, it, I loved Devil Man Crybaby, but it took a, a hard turn at the end. Yeah. And I didn't I, mind it, man. Oh. It just went. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> shit got trippy. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, 
they kind of use 3D in it. And I'm not a big fan of, you know, 3D animation and mixed with 2D animation because you can usually tell what's 3D and what's 2D. Uh, but, you know, it was good. So uh, that was a good one that I think people should go watch. Uh, it's on Netflix if you're trying to go watch it. Uh, it's not something you have to search hard for since it's a Netflix original. Netflix is going to have it on there forever. But that doesn't mean, you know, wait forever to go watch it. You don't. Do you have any particular moment in that show that sticks out to you? Yeah, when they first trans the club transformation scene. That was <laughs> like when everybody just started turning into like demons. Like that part stuck out to me. So Yeah, um great choice, Banks. Um I I know exactly what Will is talking about. It got a little got a little graphic and um <laughs> there at the end i don't i don't know the proper word to use to describe it but i mean still a good show i'm not hey it's still a dope watch it's especially for a one season anime i guess it's my turn so it's fitting that uh will said um dead man's wonderland i feel like this show is very similar to dead man's wonderland but the future diary i've been seeing that and i haven't i've been meaning to start that dude is it is it hard it is a it is a dope watch. I will say this. Uh there are there are a lot of Dead Man Wonderland similarities as far as like uh, as far as like uh, the male and the and the woman like in the in, in both shows they have a they have some similarities with each other, but still um I won't go into detail of like what the show is about, but I will say it it is a it is definitely a dope watch because we, we're gonna get into other one season shows. That are close to us, but will go ahead. Do you have a, a general synopsis of it? Because I, I wanted to, at least on a surface level, because I believe that studio that's putting behind future di- uh, future diaries is behind several newer mainstreams like K. I think they may have been behind Seraph of the End, Vampire Rain, but it's just a few out there that I think they are behind, which would explain some of the similarities um, between them or some of the similar artists or writers. But future diaries, what's the general surface synopsis on that? So, um, the general, general synopsis is, um, basically, basically, um, the main character, um, the main character as a man has the, has the future, has the future diary in a sense. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to like miss, misquote it exactly because it's been like a while since I've actually seen it. Uh, but but pretty much the the uh, the lead woman in the uh, the lead girl woman in the in the show she knows like everything like that's that's about to happen almost like in the show and like there's almost there's um there's a, there's an aspect of it where where people are like being assassinated and like all these other things and uh, that's not the best. I know, I know, that is not the best uh, accurate description like of the show, but like like um, like Will and some other people have told me in the past. I don't want to like just completely give it away, but I do just want to say um, it's a great it's a great watch. Trust me when I say it's a great watch. I know like when people say trust, well, what does that mean? But what not? But no, it's it's a dope watch. Um, the characters are very uh, personable. There's all there's like a love, not necessarily like a love triangle, but there's they 
the main characters dance around each other with romantic flair in a sense and and um it's it's a it's a great watch though this man said romantic flair <laughs> romantic romantic ricky flair. romance I over my bio <laughs> is that your uh, is that in your bumble bio carl <laughs> I recently deleted my bumble. I'm put them on wife's next Valentine's Day card. Well, see, I deleted the apps, but uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I give up. Anyway, <laughs> I got two. I got two. I want us to say Cowboy Bebop just because we all know what that is. Um, a classic one and done story. Um, if you don't know who Spike is, which up until six months ago, I didn't shame on you. Shame. <laughs> Jovan gave me an earful. Just like, bro, you ain't watch Cowboy Bebop. I'm like, nah, right? bro, bro. You know, we all we all got character flaws. I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, Cowboy Bebop is one because just from start to finish, it deals with uh, a lot of I think what people were feeling through 2020 anyway with quarantining and the isolation. So I found myself kind of uh going down the rabbit hole and, and just watching that. And uh I got hooked. Uh, from start to finish, and I, I still think I don't want to ruin it, but I think after almost twenty five years, we all know how this ends, right? You like, better not say, dude. If you say it, I'm cutting off the podcast right now. Don't say it. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I thought it was one way. Vaughn says it's not. So, but Cowboy <laughs> Bebop and Akame got killed. That's a newer anime. That is one and done. It it ended in 2015. Don't think we're gonna get a first, a second season ever. Um, not sure why, but it it starts with a, a character named Tatsumi who goes into town with his friends and they're they're there to make money. You know, come up a little bit. Um, they get swindled, faded, and he gets taken in by some noble family. And this group of assassins named the Night Rage shows up, murders the whole family. Right, and Tatsumi's you know ready to defend, thinking like. Know what's going on? He's not sure what's happening because he had been—I think they imprisoned him. Um, I have to go back and rewatch, but um, they revealed to him the night ray reveals to him that you know, family was about to torture and murder you, dude. Like this is what they do, and this is what we do. We find wrong people who are out here doing evil shit, and we rectify. So, um, it was solid. It—it it, it was one of the newer animes that introduced me to characters that I instantly connected with, and was like they resonated. I'm just like you know, these characters are dope, well written, the development, and then one by one, you know, they—they they rip your heart out. <laughs> bit by bit for those who watched it like you don't get attached but it is a good watch it's a solid story um but i mean get attached i don't i don't you know that's your personal choice but no, he, he's telling really, you the truth don't don't get attached <laughs> i just what thought it was really again? well done for one and done so what's the name of the show again that was a kame guy kill and i think oh, that's yeah, yeah, on yeah, I'll, okay I'll netflix or hulu that. i can't recall it's on it's on netflix and hulu i think okay both yeah 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 but yeah it was dope Every everyone, when he says "don't get attached," don't do it. I mean, what, was it over the top for me? Like, was was it was it a little bit more like the way the sequence of events unfolded was a little bit more intuitive than than most shows? Like, I felt really, really attached to these characters. Like the way they just built up to everything, and I was just like, "Damn, one by one." Well, I think um, um, before I go, Banks, you got anything to say? Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. My, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like another one I think people should watch, um, which is one of my favorites. Um, and it's not even like a, a shonen or like, well, 
Yeah, it's a scening, so it's 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 right up my alley. It's Death Parade, so it's about. Mm. I don't know if y'all watched this one or not, but it's pretty much about purgatory. Yeah, I did watch that. It is so though. Like what happens, and then like you you go to this bar, pretty much, and you're waiting around, and they you, they make you play this game to see if you're going to be reincarnated or sent to hell, and it tells these really sad stories about people's you know sometimes tragic deaths and sometimes their their selfish ways of dying, but they, when they actually get to purgatory, they realize like the wrong they have done. Mm-hmm. But if sometimes, even though they realize they've done wrong, they still don't change, so they get sent to hell. And then people who realize they've done wrong, they they get reincarnated. But like, it's a really good show. It's like really, like y'all was just talking about really um, drawn in characters, and like yeah. these characters are only in the show for one episode, and you get really drawn yeah. into them. So it's like they're relatable. They're yeah, like so regular like, people. Like it's yeah, it's not like. like fantasy or anything. They're regular people living everyday lives who just die and yeah, end up, yeah. you know, at the gates. And then being yeah. able to pull uh, pull you in to that character with only, you know, one one episode, I just, you know, mm. it's just like a really good writing. And then like um, and some What of I really things, like about that is how they do a good job at showing both sides because you, you do get these situations where it might start off where you're really, it's a tearjerker and you're really leaning emotionally towards, you know, person A, but then you hear the other side of the story from person B's perspective, just like, oh, hell, like all sorts of, it, it really exposes how none of us are perfect. We are all flawed. You know, on the surface level, it may seem like some people have it all together on the surface level or they're, you know, they're doing that much better. But behind closed doors, when you remove the, the walls of society, the constructs, when nothing is left but who you are and you're left to deal with your own truth, that's what the show does a really good job at exposing these characters. And that's, that's a recurring theme, I think, in life that we all have to constantly, you know, every now and then come to and check ourselves about. You know, who are you when nobody's looking? When you're just, when it's you all alone and you're looking at the man in the mirror, who are you when the eyes are not like, you see people today on social media, they post these good deeds. You know, would you still do that if social media wasn't a thing? Is that just your character or is it for the likes? I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. So uh, going back to what you said, Will, uh, I know we're not ranking, but if I had to rank a GOAT of one season anime, I'm putting Cowboy Bebop at number one. Just because. I wouldn't disagree with you. I, honestly, I would not disagree for what it is. Just, just because um, I didn't appreciate it as much. I didn't appreciate it as a kid, rewatched it as an adult, and thought, like, man, this is, this is gold. But just for the simple fact, so many of your favorite one-season animes, they are Cowboy Bebop copies. And just to name a few, they're not on my list even, but they're still great one-seasons. I don't know if you guys have them if, on your list. If, they, if you do, I apologize. But like Outlaw Star, um, Trigun, BEM, who we talked about um, in um, another episode, all great watches. Wouldn't mm-hmm. put them in my top tier one seasons, best one season animes, but dope watches and um, Cowboy Bebop copies. Bro, are you saying Trigun is a Cowboy Bebop copy? And what aspects, like the just the formula of three main characters, and I, I would say picture or I would say the main character, um, the main character in Trigun and Spike. 
they kind of have similar personalities to me, kind of like carefree, um, uh, comedic, like go lucky or whatnot, but we'll still, if you cross them, it's just not a good luck. I'm going to disagree on that one. Would you put, uh, or, oh, go ahead, Banks counter, because I was going to ask something to follow what Carl just said, just out of curiosity, but Banks got a disagreement. Uh-oh. Bash the Stampede is in no way like Spike Siegel. Like, Ooh. Bash is like cartoonish comedic. And Spike is not, like, I don't know. Bebop was very noir, like, very yeah, dark. Like, Bebop is like, like jazz club, like, it is like you can when you watch Cowboy Bebop, you can tell it's made for adults. Smash the Stampede when he's being funny and being you know they do they you know animations to make him comedic. You can tell it's it's targeted towards a younger, not necessarily like small children, but like a younger teenage audience and some of the stuff. Even though it has serious like serious stuff in it, like it those shows are completely different. Like I'm not. I love Cowboy Bebop, and I I do agree with the Outlaw Star how like it's kind of like a copy of Bebop, but just like in a different way. But yeah, not I don't agree with that one on um, on Trigun, because even like his powers, he like this man has powers. Like yeah, on the surface level, he can shoot a gun, but like and you get into it, he's like it, this man. I understand why they call him the humanoid typhoon because he literally be destroying whole cities with one gunshot. So it's like, I don't, I don't know about that one. He's not even a bounty hunter. He's the one that's getting hunted. So, yeah, I don't know about that one, Carl. I'm going to have to watch hey. it again. I haven't watched oh, it since 1996. Not even 2004. My um, <clears throat> next show I want to mention. As Wait, far Carl, as... actually, I wanted to ask you on, on the one that does. You would put Cowboy Bebop because you've watched them both over Death Note? Or Samurai Champloo? Uh, Not saying that it's, it's a singular goat, but I mean, I would I would equally put those up there in goat status. But when you if so you had I, to pick I, between I, those, I would put I would put Cowboy Bebop above Samurai uh, Champloo just because they're essentially one and the same. Like they're essentially it's a Samurai Champloo is a simply simply. I'm not saying like it's a it's like brick for brick copy, but the blueprint is there. Like you can see the signs that they they studied or watched some cowboy bebop and they took. Well, I mean, that, those are two made by the same person. So, Champloo and uh, Bebop were made by the same person. You can oh, tell that might be why. <laughs> that might be why they. But uh, Champloo came off a little bit lighthearted to me, more lighthearted than Bebop. Yeah. I love not Champloo. quite as, but I I don't know. Maybe maybe I just I um. Maybe I just got a different vibe from Cowboy Bebop just because, or it could be the fact that like um, it was, it's a little older. So um, making things, making things for adults back then um, doesn't seem, may not, may not be as like serious as like, um, like today's like things for adults. So, so I don't, I mean, a lot of, I know there there are don't get me wrong. I know there are serious moments in Cowboy Bebop, but like, I mean, I have a lighthearted vibe when I watch it. A lot of times, you are a dark individual, Carl. <laughs> you watched Cowboy Bebop and had a lighthearted vibe. Oh. 
Yo, that's my guy, Carl, bro. Yo, get a round of applause for Carl, man. That's my guy. <laughs> because if anybody who's seen Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> yo, that's golden, fam. I feel you. I'm, right. I'm just, okay, like, I'm, I'm just, um, okay, stay with me here, okay? So I'm with you. I'm with you. Take, for example, just take Dragon Ball Z, which a lot of people was their first anime watching. Take the characters, take just characters like Frieza and Vegeta or whatnot. Those are some brutal characters when you think we don't think about it because we grew up with them. But when you think about like what they actually did to certain kids, when you think about just the beating Frieza put on Vegeta right before he died. Like, I mean, I mean, after really, I mean, when you think about that, just think about Cowboy Beat, that's lighthearted compared to that. If you if to me, for those who don't know, removing the American censorship, if you grew up watching the original Japanese versions and subtitles of DBZ, it is not as kitty. I mean, it still has those elements, but you get a lot more blood. The violence is a little bit more on, on par. Um, the cell saga is very dark. There's a whole part where he's literally eating people, <laughs> like going around town to town. So um, that's that's what we're referring to. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that, but I don't think DBZ was ever directly dealing with those noir themes like it had points throughout the series or some movies where it would touch on those and like we i don't think we ever get a real exploration through any of the characters on what it's like to actually deal with the fact that your planet is gone like vegeta's always so prideful and represent for sayings but we don't ever get an actual story arc that talks about what it feels like to know you are literally the last of your kind in fact, our main characters act as if, you know, whatever. Like, we the best, we, we still here. You know, it don't matter. We, we running things, but that would make somebody go crazy, I would think. Literally knowing your planet, like, and you had to work for that mug? Like, he blew your whole planet up. Blew all your homies away. Okay, so, um, in all this... Y'all I have no, no, no take on that at all? No, because it's in the show, because, like, Vegeta hates everybody, so... <laughs> but Gina hates yeah, everybody. I, like when he first, when he first comes to Earth, like he hates everybody. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> he's pretty ruthless. Like when he when he first comes to Earth. So my um, my next show, my next recommendation for best one season animes, Junitazen Zodiac War. Yo, that's my show, dog. That's my you show. mentioned this before. Um, go ahead, Carl. So, um, a little overview. So just reading like just the overall basic plot in a city of half a million people who have all been removed, 12 of the deadliest mercenary warriors with the names attributed to the Chinese Zodiac animals are pitted against each other um, in the 12th uh, Zodiac tournament, which takes place every 12 years. Basic overview. So you get it. But uh, but a lot of. uh, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that, but uh, a, a dope watch. I would recommend it for anybody. Anybody watch that show? Yeah, I definitely. I second that recommendation. That's my show. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it just said like a lot of people don't don't talk about it. Um, from what I be hearing, so that's really what I'm. I know. I know everybody. Loves, Why do like, we never Cowboy Bebop and Champloo and stuff like that? But like, I really be trying to like bring up stuff people haven't watched. 
Because even though I love Champ Blue and Bebop, like those are always going to get recommended. So I'm, I appreciate you, Carl, for, for bringing up some stuff that's uh that's not always on the front of people's minds. Like, Are we going to get a second season for that? No, that's over. I heard. They told that whole story one in one season? Yeah, it's well, like it's done. Yeah, well, I heard I heard there may be a second season, but I don't. I think it but it's definitely not going to be the same characters. And if you watch the show, you know why. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. not going to be the same characters. Yeah. So Will Will's up. Uh, we've talked about this one before, but another one of mine is uh, High School of the Dead. It's unfortunate that uh, the creator passed away and the studio left that. But for as in terms of an anime that sucks you right in from the jump and kind of puts you right into the action with the characters. First episode, you know, all mayhem kind of breaks loose. And again, I'm always a sucker for uh, a, a good zombie survival type story. Um, what up? Uh, fair warning, guys um, who are not adults living at home and whatnot, do not watch this in front of your parents. Uh, or your kids. <laughs> oh, was it that bad? I mean, I know the characters were over, overdrawn in some instances, but I don't, I don't recall anything being like triple X rated. No, it's not triple X, but like it's it's pretty gruesome. Like not gruesome because it's it's not like, but it's pretty. Think graphic. about all the stuff that's out there. Like, what are we yeah, saying is like, gruesome? <laughs> it's pretty graphic, especially like the first couple of episodes. Just like mm-hmm. you know, it might not be it may not be everybody's cup of tea. Now y'all have that confused with Food Wars. I started watching that with Raina. Cut it off immediately. Food? Y'all haven't watched Food Wars, have you? No, bro. No. The name. Yeah, okay, now that's like... that's borderline anime porn. That's what that is. Almost hentai. That's what that is. And it's it's like that through the entire show. Like the the it's a cooking competition. That's what they do. They're cooking, but all of their actions are everything is sexual in your windows. It's just over the top. Like when when they eat something that tastes good, you see all of this. Like damn, dude. Like Sailor Moon <laughs> transformation. But like, okay, it's not which. I heard it was good, entertaining, but not something to watch with a six-year-old. So, but yeah. But High School of the Dead is is one for me. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get get a second season or if they ever finish the story. <laughs> the uh, creator passed away. So. Yeah, I think usually when stuff like like when the creator dies, I think they just leave it as is. I don't think they. Uh... And not to put anything to put some respect on his name, that was uh, Daisuke Sato. Did you finish his name or did you cut out? It sounded like you cut That's out. it. That, that's Sato, Sato, I think I'm pronouncing that. Okay. And illustrated by Shoji Sato. Ouch. Hey, thanks. Yeah, a next, uh, one, uh, I'm sorry. One that uh, I've watched that I would recommend y'all watch is a show called uh, Batum. So it's B-T-O-O-M. B-T-O-O-M? Yeah. Oh, Batum. Okay. Batum. So I just wanted to spell it that way people, you know, heard what I said or if they're looking for it. But <clears throat> it's pretty much Survivor, um, but they're killing. So it's like these people are picked up and dropped off on the island, and they pretty much have to kill each other to survive on the island. But they don't <laughs> know who's, you know, who's behind putting them on the island and stuff like that. So I mean, we've seen. We've seen shows like this before, but just this one, it was really good because, like, the animation was really well done. It's not like, um, the animation's really well done, and it, it's graphic. And I kind of like graphic because when you do graphic in anime, 
you have to like really be detail oriented. You don't have to, but usually when they do graphic, they they're more realistic looking. They're more detail oriented because when they do certain scenes, they have to it has to look really good. So this one was just a good show that I, that I enjoyed uh, watching. So I think that's something that people should give a chance. It's on, I think it's on Crunchyroll, Netflix. I think it's on Netflix and Hulu. I think it's on all three of them. So if people are like looking for something to watch, it's a one and done. So I think it's about twelve episodes. You know, you should give it a shot. How do we feel about one and done? Truthfully, I, I like one and good done. Good and bad. So lo- go ahead. <laughs> the love and hate relationship with them. Not me. I love them. Like, I'm good as long as they tell the story. Yeah, tell like, the story. If the story is start to finish. I, I can't complain. Like Claymore, I, I want a little more from Claymore, but I, I believe the way they left that, I think that story's over. So, cause like, nah, man, give us more, like, man. Us, <laughs> I'm sorry. Cause like, who needs a little engine that could too? Right? Yeah, you don't need a that, little that's, engine that could too. That's where you I get lost there when they start trying to force it and and filler, and you get all that unnecessary BS. Like, just just give me the story and stick to the raw. Some stories can be told in one season. If they can, if you can do it good, then do it. I don't need, you know, to watch this show for nine years for it to, for it to end, Naruto. I don't need to watch <laughs> nine seasons. <laughs> so, uh, I, mean, two. I think I think Cowboy Bebop is great at one season, but um, Will just mentioned Claymore. I could have used a second season of Claymore. I feel like that's just, it just, too many, too many, Things not solved yet to me. I wouldn't have minded, but you know, again, if I'm left with the open endings, you know. Yeah, but and Will's right. I don't know if he hit this, but like Claymore is definitely a one season anime you need to watch. Give us a rundown on Surface Carl. Um, man, it's so there's so many like um just and I don't want to get anything wrong, but basically, um. They're they're demons, right? Yeah, I think, dude. I, does that happen to you a lot? Where you watch so much stuff, you mix up so sometimes? Because I, I I confused Claymore with like two other animes before I had to go back and look like, oh yeah, that's right. But yes, they are demons. Yeah. Okay. So so basically, so basically, demons are basic are are pretty much ravaging like uh, the land and like uh, the church. They've, they they uh, create claymores, which are basically um, women who have who are have demon blood within them that that uh, give them abilities to fight to fight these um, to fight these demons. But the only bad part is if they access too much of the demon blood within them, they'll turn themselves. And and um, the the goal basically is to last as long as you can and when you reach your breaking point where you're about to like become the thing that you're hunting um to basically just like um end your life and call it quits before you like do more good than harm before you do more harm than good and um the main character um basically gets involved and becomes a claymore because Someone close to her is uh, basically who who was a claymore, who she looked up to was killed by mm-hmm. by another claymore who who turns into a demon. 
worth the watch. Long story short, good action, surprise twist, um, dope power set, skill sets. I do like when the skill set matches up to the warrior and the lore. I hate overpowered characters, even though I do love One Punch Man, and he's a living spoof of that not, very he's trope. Not, he's not He's not overpowered. He earned that power. Nah, he, he is a mockery of everything that we love about anime, but it works. It works. <laughs> it does work for some reason. Like, it doesn't get, it hasn't gotten old yet. It hasn't gotten old yet. I'll say that. Like, it's still interesting to see Saitama, these, these villains get all hyped up and puff their chest out and then one punch just a whole world is wrecked. But, um, yeah, Claymore, check that out. Um, y'all got any more one of those? Because yeah. I'm actually, I've got a few on these anime moments. Yeah. I, um, I got, as far as like one season, I'll go with something that's more classic. Um, and, the next ones, the next ones you'll probably hear from me. Like if you're if you're just starting out in anime, you want to you want to get involved in something, or you want to recommend something for someone to start. I would recommend them watch this show. This is one of the classic one season animes to me, and that is Parasite. Uh, Maxim, yeah, or the that's a good one too. Yeah, Parasite. I didn't think you were in the horror anime. It's good, good, good call, Carl. Go ahead. Go Parasite. Ahead is a dope watch for somebody who's starting out. Um, yeah. You've got a little bit of everything. You've got character development, characters you fall in love with, um, action, like Will said, there's some horror involved. Um, but basically, um, in a nutshell, what happens is parasites come to Earth and they bond with humans and their their main goal is to basically take over the human's brain and basically take over that human altogether completely wiping that person out but the kicker part is if they don't reach the brain in time um what will happen to them is they'll die so to prevent from dying they'll just fuse with another part of the human being's body so the main character he he doesn't make it his parasite doesn't make it to his brain, so he's still a normal functioning human being, but his parasite lives in his hand. Mm. And it's it's somewhat unexplained as to what the purpose is, because it doesn't seem like it's a hive mind of parasitic creatures that are trying to take over the world in entirety. They are quite literally just parasites. They're like, their sole purpose is to latch on and survive. That's all they're doing. So you get parasites fighting other parasites, just, you know, because um, they can absorb and take on other parasites, can't they? If they kill them or something like that. Yeah, it's like they're trying to. Bec- they were when they get when the parasites get to Earth, they're looking for a host and trying to mm-hmm. become the, the strongest parasite to be the ruler. It's really what that's their goal. Okay, so okay. Because I didn't think have, that's why you have like a elevation of like people that he fights are getting stronger and stronger, kind of like a mm-hmm. uh, a tournament style. But like as as the show gets on, he fights stronger and stronger people. Because the parasites are just looking for the strongest host, so they're trying to become like the strongest of their kind, and then like take over whatever they have, take over the earth. So, speaking of Parasite itself, was a good movie. If y'all didn't catch that independent film, ended up at the Oscars last year. Um, just to be warned, Parasite is a horror anime, though. So, yeah. I want if you're new to this and you're gonna check that out, I think it's gonna be happy go lucky in the first episode or two they go there and when i say go there uh i mean set the tone in which i will spoil this one little bit but you see like a kid get killed you know and usually i say go there 
referencing that. Anytime y'all hear me say uh, in reference to any movie, any anime, any comic, they go there. Usually when they cross that line, for me, that's everything is out the window. I don't know what's going to happen next, and I expect whatever. Expect the unexpected, because typically going there that early in a show kind of gives you the idea that, yeah, we're telling a very dark, grim story here. Because truth be told, it is what would happen. If there was some sort of parasitic invasion and one happened to take take over uh, an unsuspecting mother, new mother, um, who doesn't understand, you know, taking care of or, you know, caring for a child, and that's not your purpose or intent, then yeah, the dark side of that would happen. Um, yeah. Rick, you got guys, one more? Do you guys have any more you want to add? Because there are at least like two more I want to say that I would recommend for, for people Model. who are new to anime. Yeah, I, uh, I'll go, go with Gurren Logging. Gurren Logging is like a. Um, Gurren Logging is like a kind of like a mech show, but it's kind of. It's like an adventure mech show. So the whole show is not about mech. So what it is, it's like this kid uh, in this. The, the main characters live underground. <clears throat> Most people were forced to live underground. If not, they'll get, uh, you know, taken over by, you know, the, the evil powers that be. Uh, so they live underground, and then they they dig holes looking for, you know, food and stuff like that. Um, but one day, the the main character finds, like, a, a old piece to a mech, and he turns it on by accident. And then it shoots him out of the sky. It shoots him out of the ground. And when it shoots him out of the ground, it shows him the surface for the first time. So he's never been above ground before. So he sees like the sun and stuff like that. So he goes out and pretty much tries to. Oh man, that, that really hurt. He goes out and tries to uh, just exploring. And then you know, of course, with him exploring, he comes across uh, people trying to stop him and you know, kidnap him and stuff like that and taking stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a good show. I've got uh I've got one. <laughs> Shoot. Re Zero. Starting Re-Zero. life in another world. Yeah, Re Zero. My man Subaru Natsuki. Uh or Natsuki or whatever. Um so it takes place right on it focuses on our man character who one day coming home from a convenience store, he just gets transported, summoned to another world. And it's a fantasy like world. Shortly, and he's introduced to the royal family, you know, and he, he's taken in by this noble family. Yeah, they are the royal family, Bon. You watched ReZero, haven't you? No, I've, I've watched a couple episodes of ReZero, and then... Uh... Remind me, is Amelia, they're the royal family. Yeah, because she's she becomes next in line. Uh, they're a noble family high up, but she somehow becomes next. This other, other protagonist, Amelia, is next in line at some point to become the ruler. Uh, of this this new world, this new kingdom, uh, Luginica or Luginica, whatever. But shortly after he arrives, bro gets murked. And so what what sets off is a chain of events where he realizes that every time he is killed, he has the power to turn back time to, to change something because there's something specific that he's working towards a goal, not to ruin it. But um, it it started off one way, dude. And I was kind of just expecting this adventure story, like, okay, bro gonna get some powers and he gonna do something. And, it really is just about this regular ass dude dealing with the struggle of not being strong enough in a new world. Uh, but he keeps trying, you know, because he it, it is a specific quest he's on to help. And it's it's a kind of about love in the end. I think that's one of the tra- uh, tropes, at least, but themes. But she's something like a witch or somehow this this curse, this ability for him to go back in time is placed on him by a witch. So every time he progresses and does something, you know, th- he thinks things are going well. 
But if he zigs when he should have zagged, he gets killed. And the catch is he feels and remembers all of it. But the people around him don't. So he can do ABC. He gets killed. He comes back. He knows such and such killed him. They have no idea. So he goes about trying to redirect the chain of events to, you know, stop that from happening. But it's like watching him slowly deal with that nightmare being trapped in a reality where you literally are. Re- it's kind of like Groundhog Day tape or Happy Death Day. He's reliving the same shit over and over to an extent as he, you know, goes on his quest. But uh, it's a good start. Um, and one and done because they told their story from start to finish. But a good uh, intro uh, anime. That's not your typical action pack, high volume, but just a good story. Totally. Yeah, so ReZero is one. Thanks. Oh, it's me again? Okay, then uh, I'm going to, uh, I got a couple more, but uh, what I'm going to go with is uh, another. You know, it's like, Yeah, it's we do need to pivot, guys, because we've been on this for 40 minutes. I don't care. We're doing it live. But no, all jokes aside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, another is I'll, I'll I'll make this my last one. Just like, um, it's about uh, this this girl who um, is new to her school, and she's kind of weird to the kids. I guess. What's the name of it? Another. Oh no! Okay, I didn't. I didn't peep that. Yeah, and then like. What starts happening is murders start happening within the school. Hello. So the, basically, the kids are trying to escape the school before they die, and then um, because it's it's something to do with like, super, it's a supernatural like horror type thing, type anime. Um, and where can we view this? You can look at this on Netflix. It's on Netflix. another. You say you you had me sold when you said kids getting murdered. I was like in school. What? <laughs> <Man. laughs> hey, well, I recently watched Dog and Rob. Uh, what's the the Killer Panda, Dog and Robin, with the Killer Panda. How do you, how do you, what's the name of it? I don't know. The killer Panda. Dog and the Killer Panda. It's a video game turned anime. I don't know. Dog and Rompo or whatever. God, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'll look it up though. Dog and Rompa. Yeah, it's a video game. The kid where the kids end up in the school and the principal is that killer looking teddy bear panda or whatever, black and <laughs> white. You never heard of it. I'm gonna watch it now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what it is. It's it's a who done it because these kids are in the school trying to solve a crime. Um, but it's not a one and done. It's there are different seasons because it's a different story. But each season is a different aspect of the same one story. So you have some characters who return for a season or two. Uh, but then there's a prequel season. Like each one's its own. But it's that theme is is basically somebody has rigged this high school full of death traps and. The kids have to solve, yeah, have to solve. Uh, they're kind of put on a trial, like the, because it's to determine who's the most honest and who's actually like the good kid of the bunch. And all of them have secrets, and they're given lockers, you know. And they have to. The murders are going to keep happening. Like they're told that hey, somebody's going to die every, you know, so and so. Y'all have enough food, water to survive here. They're trapped in the school, right? You try to escape, you get murked. You try to, you don't do it. I say you get murked. You try to kill me, you get murked. Any, you know, anything can happen. You getting killed, right? Um, but as the murders keep happening, they have to kind of play trial and they keep coming together to decide and they have to pick or choose. And it's like, if you're wrong, the one who accuses gets killed. But if you, if it determines that they're right, then the, you know, whoever is on trial gets killed, but you could be wrong. So it literally becomes this whole game of, you know, but dog and rap. That's why I said the kids get murdered like that. That type of stuff is just interesting to me. Putting these kids in these. If you like that one, you can watch corpse party too. Corpse party. Corpse party. It's a little. It's a little darker than 
another, but <laughs> I like that one too. So. Yeah, Dog and Rampa has its jokes. It's, it's dark, but it has like on the nose jokes, you know. So plus a cute Teddy murdery mask, murdery Teddy bear that's doing all everything. So. Hey, so another great. If you're uh, another one that's great. If you're recommending somebody just start out in anime, or if you want to get into anime, you haven't watched anything. Um, a great watch, Afro Samurai. That was two seasons. I thought it was one season. That was two. It was one season in a movie. Yeah, it's one season in a movie. I thought that was two seasons split up in a movie. It's one season. I had that on our list, but I, I really didn't mention it because I thought it was two seasons. Mm-mm. It's one season in the movie. I mean, the second the movie could have pretty much been a second season, but I mean, Samuel Jackson does the voice. What's better than that? <laughs> if y'all were wondering what it's about, number one, number two, Black Samurai. You, there's these bad banners, and whoever's number one is the baddest uh, MF in the land, and everybody's at his neck trying to be number one. So, <laughs> great watch. If you're trying to get, in, if you want to get into anime, you cannot go wrong with Afro Samurai. All right. I think that's one thing I like about One and Done. It's like it's good for people who haven't really watched a lot of it and like aren't invested into it. So it's like, well, I'm not gonna recommend One Piece to somebody who the first and it's your first anime. So like nobody's gonna. I watch. wouldn't recommend One Piece to somebody who's seasoned in anime unless you really because I'm watching One Piece and I gotta be honest right now, I know it's gonna pick up, but I'm just like, it's a lot of same episodes. with Naruto. It's a struggle watching the older, earliest seasons. Yes. Like right now, but I know it's gonna get good progressively. I know it is. It's just like it's a lot. But yeah, we need to pivot because we've been on that for an hour. Good. This means it was a good topic. Yeah, that's a lot. Top anime moments, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Top anime moments. And I'll preface this. We're not gonna spend another hour on this to our yeah, listeners. But for my <laughs> personally, I came up, I didn't even dive into the OG bag. I thought about the last five or six new animes I've watched, and I came up with under just under forty moments. And I was just like, under forty, what? Just under forty. What? Thanks. I'm not talking about all these. These are just different moments as we talk about some of these. I'm just gonna throw out there, but I got a lot too. Hey, I was just like, yo, that's and that's where I stopped at. Like I was thinking about, I was like, yo, these some of these new waves have some iconic ass moments. I'm just saying, but every 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 moment can't make the list though. We said top anime moments. What are you talking about? There's no it's it's a top anime moment. Think about how much anime you've actually watched, and then think about only like I'm not saying I'm gonna do 45, 60 moments, but like I have a I had a lot on my list. I was like, and I'm like, from there, I'm like, man, what can I? And it's not like, like Will said, I'm not even like looking at like super old stuff because, like, (laughs) unless you're my age, you probably never watched it. Facts. Like a lot of. Like case in point, we could do a whole episode on all the Dragon Ball Z moments, (laughs) or Gundam (laughs) moments, or like that. Like I didn't even go back to the OG bag. I sat and I was just like looking at all the new wave stuff, and I kick it off. I start with Demon Slayer because I went back and watched this shit today. Um. The Mugen Train movie, uh, Tanjiro versus Rui, and the Rengoku fight. 
Bro, that shit, that's some of the hardest shit I ever seen in my life. Please edit the curse word. Oh, come on. I mean, l- listen. No, it was it was well done, dude. I'm not saying it wasn't well done. Like, I love Demon Slayer. Like, I'm in uh, the Tanjiro versus Rui fight where he does, like, when he mixes in, like, the Kagura dance thing, like, at the end. Yeah, that's dope. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't even. Okay, so. I just, I mean, I just don't look at it. Even if I was doing like a top 10 of modern anime, I would have to really consider if that would make the list. Even that fight with Rengoku, like, like that's a dope fight. But, I mean, you, you almost expect a fight like that in a movie this big at some point. What I didn't expect was for him to die. And also, let's look at the fact that Mugen Train is really the continuation filler until they can get this next season out because it took off the way it did. Uh, but not in a particular list order. It's just that was a dope ass like for for Demon Slayer. That was a dope ass moment right off the bat that got like it hooked me. Seeing Rengoku, his resolve, uh, and what really his character in general from that from the jump when they introduced him, you could tell he's kind of that got one of those dudes who's just got the fortitude. Like he's about that. He's really benevolent and he lives that you know inside and out. His core values are strong. Um, his mentorship in that short time to uh, to Tanjiro, just kind of getting him hooked up. And then Inosuke, his sister, like the whole cultivation and culmination of what it's about, because Tanjiro is very much dealing, for those who don't know, dealing with the fact that he's walking around. His sister got turned into a demon after his family got murdered, but he's joined this demon slayer core. And like, they're looking at him like, yo, dude, we slay demons. Like, what you doing with your sister? Like, what the hell? So the stamp of approval at the end. Um, because a lot of in a lot of ways in this first fight, Tanjiro finds his, I think, his resolve. Like we see him building up to these moments where we know he's gonna be that guy eventually. But this particular fight with Rui, he digs deeper, comes out on top. And I'm just, you know, Demon Slayer's new. So I wasn't expecting what direction they were gonna go. Were we gonna get like an Asta-like character who's always self-doubting, blah, blah, blah? Or are we gonna get a character with a little more resolve? But um, it was just a dope moment. That entire fight, and you know, no spoilers, but watch it. Uh, to see how it plays out with... I actually already said he died, so... Banks, yeah. do you think that's a top anime moment? I mean, it's not up to me if I think it's top anime. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, you argue with like, yourself, Carl. <laughs> you argue with yourself, bro. How about, Will, since Carl, you... How about you just tell us yours, and we'll go from there. Because, like, what's your top... Some of your top moments? Because, like... And that's just one I'm throwing out for Demon Train. Yeah. Demon Slayer, but... We don't have to stay with Demon Slayer if y'all want to just throw something out. You don't have to like definitely. I'm saying, Carl, I want to hear. I want to hear yours because you don't like. Because I I got a lot too, and I ain't even. I didn't Um, even go. Wait till we get to Attack on Titan. (laughs) Moments. I would say um, a top anime moment for me was when um, in Inuyasha. Inuyash is injured. He he uses he's got the Tetsaiga. It breaks like the demon bites it in half, and then he reverts to his demon form, which nobody has ever seen before. And he 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 basically turns the demon into cat food after it broke his his father's sword. Like I feel like that was a dope moment to me. Okay, what's what's another one? Cause like, I ain't gonna. That's that's why I didn't go back into old animes. Cause like most people now, probably ain't even watch Inuyasha. I love Inuyasha, but like, if I was 
let's say if I'm if I'm 13 right now, 14, 15, you know, 20 years old right now, they probably ain't ever watched any of y'all shit. They came out like '96. Yeah. Another thing they have the benefit of today, um, the technology. Like before, I watched Demon Slayer, I saw gifs and just people posting Rengoku, like just. Everybody was talking about this moment before I even got a chance to watch it. So that's what led me to. Okay, so if we if we're going with Demon Slayer, I felt like a bigger moment in Demon Slayer to me was when um, Final Selection he he's fighting that massive demon and he realizes that um, that um, Tomaro and um, the two the people the two people he was training with they're dead and this demon had killed them mm-hmm. and like. He's basically, he's basically just like, no, nah, like I gotta take this dude out, like, and that was like his first like major kill of anything, like, because, and I'm not saying like that fight with Rui wasn't like major, or whatnot, but he didn't win that. Uh, What's it have to do with it being a moment? <laughs> no, I'm saying like I, I feel like to me, I feel like that. So that he has fight, to win the fight to for it to be a top moment for you. Eh. Because Rengoku didn't win his fight either. Yes. <laughs> Rengoku didn't win his fight either. I don't consider that a top we're not, moment. We're not celebrating I mean, no it's yours, but... <laughs> Banks, what you got? Okay, so one of my I'm one of my top moments. If you ain't watched it, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm looking at you too. So if you've never watched this, America, shame on you. Uh, Megalobox season one. <laughs> when um Saicho um is like screaming at Joe, like you promised me you would do this, you prom and then Joe like takes off because like pretty much on this part, Joe is gonna throw the fight. Because he has to, or else he's mm-hmm. gonna get um he has to throw the fight or else, you know, somebody's gonna get killed. And then Joe's about to throw the fight, and then Saito's like, you promised me, you told me you're going to take me to Megalonia, blah, blah, blah. And then Joe just, like, he gets punched in the face, and he's about to fall. <laughs> and then, you know, he hears Saito, and he just goes, you know what? Screw it. And then he just Man, goes, found the eye of the tiger. Hey, you could have played eye of the tiger over that part. And he heard, you went he full heard, Rocky, bro. Yeah, he heard Saito over there in the corner, you know. You know, egging them on because I was kind of feeling the same way. I was like, Joe, don't mm-hmm. don't, don't do it, Joe, don't do it. Yeah, integrity and, goes a long way for me. Yeah, integrity, I, I never and, and integrity life. kicked in, and he he flipped up, he turned up on that boy real quick, and knocked that man up. That was <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the turning points of the show. That's like one of my favorite parts of that show. So definitely, yeah, Megalobox went hard. Yeah, Megalobox was Megalobox was was hard. I haven't. <laughs> I need to watch a new season because first season. I'm I'm just scared that the second season. Is gonna let me down on the first season. That's the only reason I ain't watched it yet. All right, I got another one. Mitch, I want Attack on Titan or Hunter Hunter. Man, don't, Attack we don't on talk Titan. About, we don't talk about that H anime here. All right, I'm talking about Hunter Hunter. Then I'm gonna go oh, for it. Boy. Look here, you know, Gone soloing Pito is one of the hardest things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. For those who don't know. So Hunter Hunter came out 2011. It was very light at first. Had some darker moments in the early ways. There was a reboot later that is noticeably darker. This is what I'm talking about. The Chimera Ant arc. Pito is one of the top three Chimera Ants under King uh, Merimura, I think. And 
Gone, our main character, has a, you know, he looks up to this character, Kite. And early on, when they're in the NGL, kind of going after the king or making their way towards the king, um, they encounter Pito, and Pito is pretty powerful. And, you know, a fight ensues. Kite's also powerful, but we don't actually see the fight, but we see at the end, Pito talking out loud, and when the camera pans out, she's holding Kite's head in her lap. Gone takes that personal, because Kite was like a strong, heavy mentor to him. And, you know, fast forward, when it comes to his moment, like, he, he pulls up on Pito and waits. Like, because she, she needs to heal um, this character that's important to Komagi. She's important to the king, which, you know, that's a side story on its own. But um, she strikes a deal with Gon, tells him, you know, hey, let me finish what I'm doing and I'll, I'll get you your retribution. We're going to square up. And she's confident, thinking she's going to whoop, wash Gon. Gon um, is there to show to fight and then have her resurrect or heal Kite. She reveals to him that she can't do that. It's not how her nin works. And what transpires is Gone goes beyond dark level. He, he calls upon, he strikes some sort of deal that leaves him completely charred. But he's able to age himself. He's a kid. He's able to age himself in power and strength to an age where he would be able to beat um, Pito. And what ensues is they go out to the woods and grown Super saiyan S Gone gets all glass-eyed. And he kind of one-punch solos her. She, she attacks a kick to the stomach sends her up, and on the way down, he catches her right smack dab to the face. And you know it's bad when the character is talking. Like, Pito on her way down is thinking out loud of, my death could be worse. She gets smacked into a tree, and we get to a point where Killawar walks up on Gone, and he heals, he hears these punches. The earth is trembling, right? Gone is out there rock, paper, scissoring, just beating what's not even left to a head anymore into the ground because he is so stirred by the loss of Kite. And it was just a heavy, dark, deep moment, bro. And uh, well done, well executed story-wise and all that. And I had to give it up like that. YouTube it if you hadn't seen it, but Gone, Solo, and Pito, one of the hardest moments I've seen in the anime. Thanks. What's up? Your turn, man. <laughs> Your turn, man. Did you watch it, Banks? Did you see what you said you watched hey, the whole Chimera Ant? Yeah, I seen Hunter Hunter, dog. I seen that wasn't was hard when he's when he murked Pito, bro. bro <laughs> Tell I me seen, it wasn't hard. Bro, I've seen Hunter Hunter. Answer the question. It wasn't hard. It was okay, bro. Like I've seen that before. That's all that's all I'm saying. Like I've seen you stuff. Being like that. Bodies. You being know, bodies. I'm not being bro. Look, I'm gonna be real with everybody. I want y'all to listen. I want y'all to listen. It's a serious announcement right here. Serious time. Hunter Hunter is overrated. It is. Gasp. Over. I've seen this argument online where people say it's one of the best, and then people say it's overrated. I That's I personally think it falls right in the middle. It's a good show. That's yeah, it. It's, it's a, a it's a decent show. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad. good show with some good moments. But like for people to be like, oh, it's top ten, and then you can, and then you start naming shows that came out around the same time. He's like, is this is Hunter Hunter better than this show? They will be like, no. So if I just named 10 animes that Hunter Hunter is not better than, it came out in the same era as this anime, how the hell is Hunter Hunter the best yeah. anime ever? I, I don't know about a top 10 or best ever. I've seen people engaging in that discussion, but it's just a good show. I'm, I'm on record saying it's yeah, a good and show. I, and it's I, entertaining. And I give it its credit for being a good yeah. show. Yeah, watch, like, watch it. Sometimes when it, you it, talk it, to people who, who, yeah. who watch anime, if they haven't watched a lot of anime, they always put Hunter Hunter in their top ten shows, and I'll be like, "Yo, that's not that's not a top ten show." 
And they're like, why? And I'm like, bro, there's like 60 animes that are just like Hunter x Hunter. They came out yeah. before Hunter x Hunter. They're the better. similarities are very evident. Like, it's, it's, it's right on the nose. You can tell exactly what it borrows from. Just like, eh, you know. But. Yeah, because like, even like Yu Yu Hakusho. You ask people, is Hunter x Hunter better than Yu Yu Hakusho? They were like, no. And it's like, well, Hunter x Hunter can't be the best anime you've seen if you've seen Yu Yu Hakusho. And it's not better than Yu Yu Hakusho. It, it was made by the same person. The reason I think so many people gravitate towards Hunter x Hunter because the original one wasn't good. Like, the animation yeah. wasn't good. So, like, that's why it kind of, like, drifted off. Like, compared to these other shows, they, like, shot into superstardom, like Dragon Ball Z and Gundam. Uh, it's because the animation wasn't good. The stories aren't better than those either, but like, I think when they redid the animation in 2010, was it 10 or 13, and they put it on Netflix, and it was like one of the only shows on there, I think people gravitated towards it because it was on, on there. And I think it's more of a recency bias, more so than I think this is the best show I've because it's, it's, it was, it, it's, it's a good show, but it's not like, the greatest anime ever like people be saying it is online yeah I don't, like, I don't know about that <laughs> but it, it is a good show it's super overrated and i think it's Look, I, I i need to get into some of the i don't know where the overrated because like i said i would just call it a good show it's entertaining it's got some <laughs> good story arcs and some good moments um if you will carl you up i almost got, I almost got kicked out of a um a clubhouse room for saying it <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know it's overrated. And people ready to fight mm-hmm. for it. Like, it's Banks' turn. Noobs. So one of uh, one of my favorite anime moments um, is um, in G Gundam when uh, Domo finds out that his brother's still alive, and that he's like the the last Gundam he has to fight. So um, if you haven't watched G Gundam, it's a very uh, it's a tournament style Gundam show. Um, Highly recommend that one too, which is a one and done. Um, but yeah, he finds out that his brother's still alive, and you know his this whole time he's been fighting uh, in this tournament because his brother died, uh, and he's trying to find out what happened to him. Um, so he goes into the tournament to get answers, uh, and he fights this cryptic, this cryptic Gundam who's like everybody's fearful of. And, you know, he goes in, he's like, I'm not scared, you know, because I'm doing this for my brother, and then. He, Towards the end, he finds out that it is his brother, and then mm. he has to use, you know, that good old burning fist, you know, special move on him to free him from um, from his trap. I, I, I think it was kind of like a trap. It was kind of like a crypt that the, the Gundam was acting as, you know, that was keeping him alive. So, yeah, one of my favorite moments. Burning fist Gundam! <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sorry. I just nerded out a little bit. I'm going to geek out a little bit right there. But, yeah. It's what we do here, Banks. It's what we do here. I'm proud of it. Okay. Dweeb. Oh, Shut Banks, up. you're, Banks, you're up, inspired. You X Hunter fan. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Banks, you inspired me. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Banks. That wasn't towards you. What's up? So, Banks, you inspired me since you mentioned Gundam. I'm going to go. Um, this is older. I don't care. One of my favorite moments. Gundam Wing, Epion versus uh, Zero One, where uh, it's not the uh, first time they fought, but the last battle at the ending of the uh, 
of the uh of the season where all the marvels are on the table and um pretty much uh pretty much these are the two most powerful suits in the show um whoever is going to win this fight possibly they might win the war um you could say or you could you could make the argument that even if wings even if zero one loses that it's his side is going to win but still fight is dope um um not sure who wins and even even at the end where where hero yui wins he doesn't necessarily even take the time to destroy zex he just he's like all right you know you can't mess with me man like like hey you know we this is like i don't know the third or fourth time we fought hey i'm the king I love Gundam, but yeah. All right. We I got another one. Up, don't bring up Hunter x Hunter again, dog. Don't do no, I got a few from, uh, I already, I covered two of those. What? Kill uh, Kite's death in Gone versus Pito. Uh, I've got a few more, but I'll circle back those. Like I said, I've got a list, dog. Uh, I want to, I'm not sure I want to pivot to, yeah, let's go. All right. I'm going to dive into Attack on Titan. Uh. Levi versus Annie, the female Annie. Titan. Yeah, when his okay. when his whole crew got murked and he came back and avenged them. <laughs> Cap, really, Captain Levi has nothing but moments in Attack on Titan. Like everything is there, that is there a time Captain Levi doesn't go off? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like, it's like <laughs> Captain Levi does nothing but go off. Levi son, is a bro. walking dub, bro. Defense, <laughs> 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 dog. Every time he turned around, because I really I had that moment. Um. The moment because we see Annie wrecking absolute hell. Now I can't recall if it's revealed that it's actually Annie at, at that time at this point in the story. But Levi's whole squad. I always thought that was Annie. It looked just like her. Yeah, I mean it looked just like her, but pretend we're the we're them and we don't know, right? Um, she's running through the woods, fleeing through, and Levi's uh his squadron is on is in hot pursuit, and they they are with it. And they're supposed to be the elites, and they get murked one by one. Pretty brutal too. Every death in Attack on Titan hits, um, but at some point Levi gets his retribution where he gets to square off with Annie, and he shows her exactly why he is Captain Effing Levi. He's got this specific little spin move he does, dual sword, dual blade that just shreds, gets a little uh, Achilles tendon action, slicing up a ligament stuff. Just really broke her down and forced her hand. And um, you know, I, I've got another mention uh, with another Levi boss fight, but. Everything Captain Levi did an attack on Titan, um, flawless victories. So that's yeah, just another um, one. Stick, sticking with Attack on Titan because one of <coughs> sorry, one of my moments came from Attack on Titan too. Um, but mine is more so like um, what's I think it was season three when um, when Aaron finally uh, seized the Titan to aid his mama. Mm, yeah, and he gets the power to like, like he's yeah. like he reaches that point where it's like you know I ain't running no more, blah blah blah. He like runs up to the Titan and it's like, yo, you ain't got no gear on. Like, what you doing? And he like the Titan Out goes that. down to reach for him and he starts screaming and he punches yeah. a fist and that little bit, of, you know, that little fist hits a hand and then you realize that like you hear all this trembling. And next thing you know, you just see a bunch of Titans running at her, and he gets his power to to actually mm -hmm. control Titans. And it's like uh, just a huge retribution moment, just like yeah, you know, like 
the whole like the whole first two seasons, you just see Aaron just going through it, like you know, just going through it, yeah, and just bro. to finally see him get that uh, moment of retribution, which caused him to actually join the scouts in the first place, which is you know his mom's death or whatever, uh, and just seeing all that, cause like for the like three seasons, it's all he talk about is like it's all he he just gets flashbacks after flashbacks of his mama getting eaten by this female titan, and all he can remember is the female titan's face. Like when he finally gets that moment, like retribution, and like gets all the all the Titans to like attack her, so that's one of my favorite moments. Today. It's one of my favorite moments. I, I had that in one of my moments. That, attack that on that Titan. Entire show. So, <laughs> like I'm telling you, a number of the, my under forty, I had about twenty of them from Attack on Titan. Just going through, just thinking, like, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Carl, what you got? Um, adult moment in anime for me. Um, I know we um, we didn't mention this show in one season animes uh, earlier, but it's still a dope one season anime to watch. But in Death Note, where um, the main character erases his memories on purpose not to get caught, but then he strategically plans he strategically plans in this show to get his memories back. And like that moment when he gets his memories back and like he's he's back in a sense. To me, that's just a dope moment just because like um even though like there's no there's no real action there, but just the writing and just the the intelligence of his of that character to to uh to be smart enough to erase your memory so that you don't get caught as being Kira um uh for for um uh, for killing all these people in the death note, but then plan, know that, know, put all these like um, dominoes in motions to get up, to get them back. And the moment he gets them back and like, you see like that smirk, like come back to his face. I thought that was, that was classic. No shit. I still need to, please edit that. I still need to watch death note. Like all the way through. I only saw a few episodes. Bro, you know, back in the day. How many, how many episodes have you watched? Whenever it came on randomly, Adult Swim at night. I think when Death Note was popular, I was playing college ball and I was not in my there's a dark period in my life where I did not watch anime for about three or four years. I don't like to talk about it. But I thought I was gonna go to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, bro. I got another moment. Okay. I'm going to come back to Attack on Titan, but I do want to get this one off just because it's one of my personal favorites. Um, sword Art Online, Alicization, the Swordsman, Berkeley, because my next two are actually Swordsmen. There's a Swordsman, a character named Berkeley, who... Um, so in the whole story of Sword Art Online, for those who don't know, the first season is about you know a bunch of people who tune into a virtual reality game, and you know lo and behold, they end up trapped in the game, and if they die in the game, they die in real life. So each season, the first, there's a storyline of that follows Kirito, who's introduced in that first season through Sword Art Online, Sword Art Online 2, then Alizization and World for Underworld, which is all kind of running together. Then there's Sword Art Online Gun Gale or whatever, which is separate. But uh, we're sticking to Sword Art Online, Alizization, World of Underworld. So Berkeley, at this point in the game, they're actually souls, replicated souls. They're not just, it's not just a game anymore. The powers that be had figured out a way to create artificial intelligence. They were going to try, like, there are people who were looking to weaponize this. So 
It's up to Kirito to dive in and get some information, do some blah, blah, blah. But while he's there, he realizes, no, these people are actually people like to them. They don't know that they're assimilation or artificial. They're just living. One of the old villains, Vector, from the first season, sort of on the line, who, you know, some people who were in the game, um, instead of trying to be good and trying to survive, decided to just do evil because they figured they were going to die. This character is one of those characters who managed to escape and not, you know, face justice for his crimes. But he figures out that it's, you know, Kirito in the same group of protagonists from the first season. So he enters this game with the intent to just murder all of them. He ends up in a fight with one of the uh, swordsmen of Alice, who is the AI, uh, Berkeley. He's a, a character, not a main character, just a character in uh, Underworld, as it's called, the software or whatever. And he has a sword that cuts through time. And in this fight, Berkeley, you know, starts off kind of match, but he's really no match for Vector because Vector was able to import just like Kirito, all of his attributes from every game he played, like a cheat code into this game. So you've got a bunch of overpowered characters. It's up to Kirito and his people to kind of, you know, defend, right? But um, in the midst of this fight, Berkeley gets his arm slashed off. And in his final moments, you see him kind of wandering around looking for a specific spot because if he times it right with this sword, he can cut through the imprint that they that you leave or... Uh, wherever they were at in the fight, like there was an essence of their chi or something left behind. But if he locates that moment within a window from when he activates the power, he's got like a minute or something to count down and actually find it, but he has to find it, right? It's not like a beacon. Uh, if he can slice through that, he can essentially kill you from the future by slicing your past. So it's this build up to it. What's a great fight. And in the end, we know our man's is like, it's done. It's over. He didn't got his, he, he is effed up. Fubar, beyond recognition. And Vector was toying with him. Vector's kind of just not like, what are you doing? Try to figure it out. And then he kind of realized, oh, snap. And just as he realizes it, my man Berkeley finds the moment, slashes right through my man's as he's reaching, and he cuts him in half, and he, you get to reveal that this is the sword that can cut through time. And uh, that's uh, Berkeley's spoiler, his final moments, but that was just a very well-put-together moment. And uh, I encourage y'all to watch all the sword art online. You said which which uh season was this from? This was Alicization, which if you're watching on Hulu, it splits that into Alicization and then War for Underworld, but it should be all just that one if you watch it on Hulu, but it was it was dope. I ain't watched Sword Art since like early two thousands. Like I Same. I, I I got back on it, but yeah, it was hard. Thanks. Me again. Okay, so one of my favorite moments in anime, um, comes from Helsing and it's when Word. it's the it's the final it's actually two parts of that. I'm gonna go ahead and since we on I'm gonna just go ahead and throw both of them out. It's when the the minor vampires run they're running amok and you know they thinking they they big shit because um they're vampires and they run into to Alucard um and you know they thinking they finna just run over him. And he's like, yo, you just became a vampire yesterday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let me show you what it means to be a vampire. And he pretty much, he don't even, yo, he does eat them, but he like pretty much drives them to the brink of insanity with like, yeah. within like, what, two minutes? But What's that pattern just, zero he opens up or whatever? <laughs> when yeah, he does just, that perfect four like, zero. Just by it's showing like... them some stuff, like, <laughs> the, just, just by showing him, them two people, them two vampires, the his powers they like go crazy and like they're like they drove him to the brink of insanity and then he like eats them so like assumes their part, souls it, yeah it, like that part really was um uh, like 
really got me hyped about the show. And then my my other one from Helsing is when uh, he fights the last he fights the the last boss or last villain or antagonist. Alexander the the priest. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. Now that was a dope moment. But this one, when he fights the on the last episode, when he fights the main the the big bad, and then the big bad kind of like you know thinks he's about to beat him because he's 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 slapping him around. But a lot of times, Alucard you know just fights people to see what their power yeah their power limits are. Yeah. Because he knows what his power limits are, and then at the uh, on this part when you know the big bad thinks he's won, he he reveals to him. He was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm Dracula." Yeah, who is the big bad? Because I thought the priest was the big bad when he took that holy relic and transformed himself, thinking he was going to be on somewhat on Alucard's level. And at that point, Alucard reveals uh, he's all, like he is Dracula. That's like, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, like the big bad on the. It was like this gray-looking alien, not alien, but like he had a big head. He was like gray. That was the priest. He took that, that holy okay. grail. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He took the. He took one of those relics and consumed it. And Alucard warned him. He was like, Nah, dude, don't do it. You don't know what you're asking for here. Yeah. So yeah. So because like the I thought you meant the the subway fight with the priest, but that was a dope <laughs> no. moment too. That was good. Yeah. When he um. He pretty much reveals him like, dude, I'm I'm Dracula. Don't play with me. <laughs> and like he just like instantly kills him. It was like that was just I don't know. That was that was some of my two of my favorite moments that I would put up there. Uh, and both of them come from Helsing. I know people be hating on Helsing. Helsing's in my top ten. Saying it's not a good show, but you know what? I don't. I love it. Helsing's in my top ten. I don't care. I like it. Huge fan of Alucard. Huge fan. Um, I'm gonna go New Age here. So. My Hero Academia, Deku versus Overlord. Overhaul, hey. dude. Overhaul. Sorry. <laughs> Overlord is also a good show, though. We need to get into that one of these days. All right. Go ahead. I apologize. I, I apologize. Um, they're exactly right. I messed up his name. Deku versus Overhaul. I knew better. I also one of mine, but so, let's get into it, Carl. Not only is this a dope fight, but... A dope song in the fight. Like the, the song is basically half of the reason why the fight, I mean, why the moment is so, so, so great. Um, I'm not proud of this, but I don't know what it is. My Hero Academia is just like one of the few animes that can just make me emotional. I don't know. They just, they just know how to pull on your, your, your emotional heartstrings. I, I don't know how they do it. Maybe they study. Psych- psychology 101 and they just they just, I, but they're good at it at least for me but i, I agree with that they song are. in the fight y'all be crying bro no be crying bro what you talking about dude? <laughs> it's okay to have hey it's okay to but, feel fellas it's okay i'm not I, i'm not proud of it i have but I, you're not gonna see me do it but have done it uh but uh Dope song, but in in the um in not just not just that moment um in itself, but when you take into account what happened right before the fight, I mean, overhaul is basically mixing these. I mean, guys, he is he. I mean, when I'm when I tell you, he is like doing these guys in. Like it doesn't matter, teachers, students, top tier students. Like it does. I mean, he is playing them. He is, sorry, but he is playing them like a flute. I mean, he is using these guys like a $2 hoe. Like, I mean, 
it's just it, it looks like it looks like he is about to just like wash the, all the heroes that are there, all the top tier students that are there, and then Deku, um, Deku, and Eri come together. He's able to use a hundred percent of his power, and let me tell you, he hits overhaul so hard. When he hit overhaul, I flinched. Like it, I mean, you obviously, you know, heroes don't don't make a habit of killing people or whatnot. I mean, accidents happen, and some some people are so dangerous you gotta put them down every once in a while. But like he hit overhaul so hard, I thought he killed. But, but um, he wasn't dead. But dope fight though. That was what the uh, and, and to, it's important to mention that is it Yuri? Is that her name with the horn? Say what? What's the with the horn? Oh, that was, um, uh, Ari. What's her name? Ari. Yeah, Ari. Yuri. Ari. Um, she's able to heal Deku because he can't. He's not actually at a point in his training where he knows how to control his power. So it's it's big that he's able to use that hundred percent. We actually get a glimpse of what because I don't think at this point in my hero we've even seen All Might go full hundred percent. So seeing Deku and seeing what that looks like, the actual full is like, yo, that was sick. Is that punch like Carl said? It was exactly what you would expect from like out of a street fighter or something. Like my man's is in the air zipping around and he catches him slipping and just a hundred fists all at once. It was just like, yeah, that's that. It was one that was one of those moments that you is it. You can't help but smile because it's like that's what we watch anime for. Yeah, and that's what moments I mean like by that. emotional, not crying. I did not cry, but some moments well, in my hero academia make you want to stand up and cheer. So big facts. Big facts. I had a few uh, moments from my hero. I mean, really, all the All Might versus All for One fight. Um, Classic. The Endeavor versus that Nomu. Um, all Might. All Might's, All Might's fight with the Nomu when they're the villains, uh, the Legion of Villains, they stormed the training, the campus. In season one. Yeah, and he gave he gave him what, 300 mighty blows, knocked him to the atmosphere. It was like, yo, All Might showed up and did that. He went beyond his time, didn't he? Beyond his time to actually hold yeah. form. Yeah. He, that was he had already given his powers to uh, Deku. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he was fighting on fumes when he fought over, uh, not overhaul, uh, all for one. Will, can you can you talk about that fight with um with um all for one? I I mean, I'll let you do it, but yeah, and I'm gonna have to end it on that one because we're two hours in and haven't even gotten to the meat of our actual topic tonight. Uh, all might versus all for one. My hero, and I hate this. Can we do a part two on this because I've got more at like moments to talk about and yeah. um. Like no, no joke, y'all. Because we we of didn't. Of course, even hold on. What? Of course, it's our show. Of course, we can do a part two. For the record, I hate repeat episodes. I do. I, I don't like because it's redundant and stale. But to finish this topic, I would like to come back to this and actually continue with these moments because we didn't even get through. I've got about eight more Black Clover episodes. The, the my Dark next Avengers. one was gonna be uh Black Clover. My next one was gonna be uh aside from this fight, I wanted to talk about the Dark Dimension. Captain Yami Equinox. Talk about Dark Wood. You ain't watched it, so you stay over there, noob. But <laughs> nah, he has this. Uh, well, let me not Little circle. Anime. We'll do one more round on moments and get to the actual me. Um, let me talk about this fight. So all all might versus all for one. Uh, this is at the end of the stain. Well, not it follows the stain arc slightly, but the stain arc's not the main point. But uh, what's this? The end of season two? 
Yeah. Dang, yeah, it's Dang season two. No, no, all all my versus all for one. Yeah. Oh, that it's, was. Uh, was that? I thought that was three. Season three. Either end of season two or season three. Yeah, Forgive me for that. I'll double check. But long story short, we get the reveal that there's an opposite. Uh, you know, yin and yang, right? For every good, there's an equal amount of bad somewhere out there. Uh, balance. All Might, as powerful as he is, uh, with All for One, there is another a villain out there with a quirk one for all. Who, um, if All Might can share his power and give it to somebody and transfer it, I think the uh, the gimmick with One for All is he can give powers to people, but he also can take all for one. Like, all, for- like all Might is All for One, and yeah, okay, All Might's One for All, and then Bad Guys All for One. Yeah, yeah. So he not only can bestow quirks, but he can take quirks from people too. Um, he holds all these quirks. He can use them at whatever moment. But I mean, at his disposal or his will, I guess. But um, All Might is on his last leg, and we see this is kind of the transition. This is actually All Might's retirement party. This fight, uh, because it it is at this point we we get the reveal that um, All for One has been plotting everything. He's he's the Geppetto behind the strings. Everything that has happened up to this point has been carefully orchestrated under the advisement and guidance of uh, All for One. And he's been pulling the strings behind the Legion of Doom, uh, Legion of Villains. Um, what's my man's name with the hand? Togagam? Is that Totoro? Shigaraki. Shigaraki, yeah. Shigaraki, yeah, him. Um, he's been manipulating all of that. So what ensues is we get a fight where All Might's kind of, you know, on standing and keeping up. But it seems that uh, All for One can match him for a bit here, you know, kind of blow for blow. And at some point, it kind of seems that All Might is on his last leg. Um, but when I say explosive, in terms of a final finish. All Might is trapped back against the wall and we think he, he doesn't have any juice left. And right when he's burnt out of all his, exhausted all of his energy, all of his power, he pulls a move out of his ass, bro, that, what did he punt? He hits one off one and then is able to transfer all the energy because I think he dodges it. I forgot what, what it happened exactly, but it doesn't quite land. And All Might anticipates it, so he transfers all of his energy to the other side. It's like, hello, caught you slipping, bro. Smack, and he hit this man with the force. God, I want to know exactly how hard he hit him because he railed him. I mean, he hit drove him, him, into the he hit him with the United States. Yes, That's... United States to smack. <laughs> Yo, the nicknames for his moves are just it's, it's ridiculously goofy, but I, I, I mess with it. But yeah. the United States of Smash is brought down, descended upon all for one, and he don't move after that. And All Might is standing there when the smoke clears, slumped over, looking, you know, taggered and ragged. But he gives a little monologue, a speech. He holds up his hand and he points at the camera and says, now it's up to you or you next. And it's pretty much um, literal and figurative passing of the torch. So. Yeah. That was a dope one. Yeah. And I think for me, a part of a part of that uh, scene when made it so iconic was... It looked like there was a there is a moment. It looked like you know All Might just didn't have it. Like he was yeah. about to lose, and uh, Grand Torino starts talking. He's he starts talking to him, and or he he's either talking to him or monologuing, basically saying like he was saying, "No, you can do it." It's like he said, "Think about all your students. Like think about how much they believe in you." And you see like. All of them, they're all like screaming at the TV, some of them crying and all this other stuff. And, you know, Deku and Bakugo, they're like basically like the heir apparents. Like they're just like they're like and, and, and like all at once you just hear everybody say, 
like all like they all scream like all might and like it and then you go into what uh will just talks about where where they clash in fist but he basically uses that he basically sacrifices that whole arm and uses it mm-hmm. as a decoy yeah uh, it was it was hard well done moment triumphant did y'all want to do one last round before we pivot to uh, to yeah. the meat? I mean, we ain't got to. I think this is something that we, since we have a lot of them, this is something we can always like store and just talk about in future episodes. Just like, because we have a lot. There's a lot of animated cover. <laughs> a lot of animated I gotta say thanks to y'all because honestly, because of this episode, I went back and started. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna pick some time, like a week, and put together a little anime challenge, Prison Black uh, anime challenge for people, and just you know, because I didn't even get to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I got some moments. I've only watched one season of JoJo. I thought about JoJo, and like I was, it's not that like um, I'm against it in any way. Like I, I love JoJo's Bizarre uh, Bizarre Adventure, but. I just couldn't think of too many moments that were just that could rival some of the things like we we were just talking about. It's like, definitely would, an acquired taste, I'd say. Go ahead, not trying to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, and like uh, it's ironic because uh, I was just uh, I was just I was mentioning JoJo to Pierre. Pierre's somebody who we went to middle school with uh, uh, Banks, mm-hmm. but like I was telling him. I was telling him, I said, hey, you got to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And he was just like, he was just like, yeah. He was like, I don't know about this. You know, this this JoJo, this this ain't it. And I was just like, oh, don't worry. Like, just just uh, just keep watching or whatnot. And uh, I said what you said about five different times. And then the season was over. And then I was on the next season. And then mm-hmm. he was like, OK, well, you know, I'll I'll give it to. I'll give it to like episode three or four, and then like he texts me back, "Crap, I'm on episode seven. Like, this. yeah, bro. That's, that's, <laughs> now the thing about JoJo is it. You you said it. You couldn't think of too many. That's the funny thing. I couldn't think of too many either. But it has moments. Like it through has the moments. entire first, the first three or four seasons are focused on Lord Dio, who starts season one, and his it's just his generational quest to just rinse the the, star, the Joseph Star family. Like anybody that is Joe Star, like that's you are getting rinsed by Dio. He's just decreed it. Um after that it it does seem to get a little repetitive with this the whole uh because that, that Dio story arc went, yeah, that was the whole first four seasons, dude. Three or four seasons, I think. Real quick, favorite JoJo. Favorite JoJo? Who's your favorite JoJo? The one with the black hair. <laughs> um, dang, the one with the, the Caesar Joseph. from the mask when they're, they're trying to. You're talking about he's JoJo number three. Yeah, there's there's Joseph, then there's Joku. I think I was rocking with Joku. But I can't really say because I've only one, watched one season, so I got to go and watch the other ones before I say who's my favorite. But since I've only watched that season, by default, that's my favorite. But who's yours, Carl? Um, that's tough, man. I can't say right now. I gotta think about it. I gotta think about it. <laughs> the Joe Star family. Yeah, who who was? I think I'm going with the second during the the pinnacle when they got to the final when they ganged up and had their merry posse of stain users, buddy with the long trench coat and the hat. 
That's what I'm rolling with. Is that JoJo too? Am I frozen? Am I frozen? I think that's JoJo number two. That's not Grandpa. That's not JoJo Star. That's Joku, right? Hold on. Well, I I think I was frozen. What did you say? Jotaro. Jotaro. Excuse me. I think that's Jotaro. Jotaro. I'm not too sure which one he was, but um, I can't. I would have to actually think about who's my actual favorite though. Okay. Well, speaking of favorites, and Carl heard you bringing up uh, songs from um, My Hero, which makes me, what made me wonder, like, what's some of y'all like, like favorite intro songs? For, like, oh like, goodness! Anime oh has, goodness! Here we anime, go. Anime has fire music, and we're not gonna act like it don't. Even though you, I can't really, I, mean, I don't speak Japanese, but I can feel the songs when they're playing them. So, like, what's, if you just had to give me just two songs, we'll we just go with two. Because, like, we could we could do ten episodes on songs because songs are fire. So, if you had to, if it was two songs, they, if you was, if you was starting an anime, if you had an anime, and you had to pick two songs from any anime to be your intro song and your outro song, what songs would you pick from anime? If I had to pick two, um, so I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with to to introduce my anime. I have to go with Black Black Clover. Hold on, let me see what the name of this song is. It is the intro or soundtrack because the Hana and Makori. Okay, yeah, yeah. Intro is yeah, different just from two the... songs from just two songs from like intros that's on the. I think it's like uh, uh, Black Clover Shine Like a Diamond. Uh, that one. And uh, to close, I will go with um, Cannon Busters for closing uh, music from Cannon Busters. That's your heart. Cannon Busters was, yeah, the song was fire as fuck. Now you gonna lie. I want to say, I, I previously, I always liked. Uh, the intros and, and outros, but it never really resonated as much as it does today. Like it seems today, a lot of creators put a lot more in thought into that. Um, I, feel, I feel like they always have. Head. So the OG Japanese Dragon Ball Z intro does not hit the same way as Cannon Busters does, or Yusuke's intro. Like no. creators having the going out now to say what music was a little different. Well, like what people was into was. A oh yeah, different. that's what I'm saying. But it just it seems today like. The music back then was geared towards just the, the hype of marketing. Now, when I listen to music, like, think about the opening to Yusuke with Thundercat. These creators are actively going and getting people that they know are going to blend and kind of bring that vibe in or, or create that feel from right off the jump. Like, even with Cannon Busters, how the opening sequence goes. You see a, a man, Philly the Kid, grabbing, he's grabbing the gun. It's like, all right, it's time for work. And then it gets kind of light at the end with Take Me Higher. It's like, yeah, bro, this is, you feel good about watching the show. But Cannon Busters is an honorable mention for me. Um, I'm good. I keep saying it. Seraph of the End, Vampire Rain. That song by XU. Um, I actually have that in my Spotify. You can listen to this song. There's a Seraph of the End playlist, but uh, the name of the song is uh, Sawano Hiroyuki. I think. Or XU by Sawano Hiroyuki. Um, it's kind of an up-tempo techno joint, but what I like about it is while the show is coming on, 
you kind of get light intros to each character and see their skill set. And they each have like their swords or their special weapon. They're just kind of wrecking hell. And it's just, it sets the mood for what you're watching and that, you know, it's going to be you know, packed full of action. And yeah, I say Cannonbuster is the same for the end Vampire Ryan. And um, I got a correction. So the name of that song from Black Clover is Everlasting Shine. Everlasting Shine. I feel like uh, best, in my opinion, best Black Clover um, opening. Black Clover's had some dope openings as far as music, but like to me, that's the best one. Hey, my bad, Carl. I just realized I cut you off. I'm sorry. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> my bad. Base, you that's so your too. All right, so me, this is how I'm gonna go with my show. I'm going Red Swan from Attack on Titan season. I think it's three. Mm. That um yeah, Red Red Swan from Attack on Titan season three. And then for my outro, I'm gonna go. I think it's called Fukimori from uh, Inuyasha. Yeah, yeah. I forgot, man. I forgot all the Inuyasha okay. had a. Fukamori Inuyasha... is my, my my ending. Like I'm when, when the when the show going off, I'm playing that. Yeah, but... Inuyasha has that 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 soundtrack to uh, end the show. That is a dope song, man. Yeah. I, man, hey, yeah. I gotta give you credit for that. Yes, y'all yes. know. Another one that put me on to soundtracks that I first started paying attention to. Around that time that you watched Bleach, like just actually listening and paying attention to the music, because Bleach has some dope ass buildups to where you knew somebody uh, asked when to get kicked. <laughs> so I gotta, um, I got, I gotta say two things. Um, another, another, um, another show that has a song like okay, so what? Uh, what's this show? It's. Um, Okay, so My Hero Academia, the opening song, it's the sixth opening song. It's called Polaris. Best song to me. That's the best. And like My Hero, My Hero has had some dope opening songs, but I feel like that's the best one. And I, I wish we could play it, but like, but like, like you guys said, for copyright reasons. <laughs> one day, one day we'll be able to play music on here and, and uh, not get our videos taken down, but. Right now we probably can't. Sorry guys. Well, we'll those. We'll, I'll put. I'll put these uh, recommendations in the uh, com in the in the YouTube video, so you all yeah. know what they are. So. And I'll I'll say this. I will say this as well. Even though we're talking about opening and closing music, to me, the uh, the show and and this is very specific. This is very specific. But the show that had the best character music. Like music for a specific character was like was the um, the edited Dragon Ball Z original that used to come on. They used to come on like uh, Cartoon Network. You know, like when you you'd always know when Vegeta You're was about, about to come because like the Vegeta track. music would play. Track. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the intro. I was like, what? <laughs> no, like like the Vegeta. Like we can hold on. You, you we, like I can play. Like, I know what you're talking about because every. Every planet had a different theme. Like, there's a specific planet Namek music. So I, I know what you're talking about. The the intros, Frieza had a tune or whatever. It's like, I mean, so Banks, we could technically play that music, could we? Because that's not like actual. 
Like music. Uh, I think if it's owned by somebody else, I don't think we can. What did, what did you just say, Carl? <laughs> it's not music. Music's not music. No, no, I'm saying like it's not like words or anything. It's be, it's like piano chords or whatnot. Yeah, it just depends on like who owns it and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a written work by somewhere, created somewhere by somebody. Somebody owns that. So yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be lyrics. But speaking of ownership. That's a perfect segue and pivot. Over year, over the years, and over the, the birth of this podcast, y'all have heard us repeatedly mention Marvel, DC, DC, Marvel, right? But what about the other guys? I submit Image Comics and Boom Studios, two of the biggest independent comic retailers, publishers, printers, um, Image to date, I believe, is number three behind Marvel and DC, but still very much considered independent. And I mentioned the ownership and use it as a segue because that is actually the story of how Image came about. Uh, a bunch of your OG comic lords, gods, what have you, back in the day. And, and this is a seg, just real quick. Howard the Duck is the reason. Um, the creator of Howard the Duck, which was, give me a quick sec. Uh, his name is Steven. Steven, uh, I had his name. Steve Gerber, right? Mm-hmm. He creates Howard the Duck, and he writes for Marvel. And at some point, they part ways. He's fired like '78, I think. '73 uh, creates Howard the Duck, and then Marvel, uh, the movie comes out, right? And, and Steve, you know, sues. Also, hey, hey, y'all can't use my my property, or whatever. Something in regards to creator ownership and creator rights. He loses the lawsuit, but as a result of that, that kicks off what eventually, or the, the rumblings, early rumblings that are going to lead to um, Image Comics uh, coming about. And what Image Comics was, was basically um, an initiative that was spearheaded by the introduction of his flagship character, Spawn, launched in 1992. Uh, but that was um, Todd McFarlane, uh, who at that time was known for his work on Spider-Man, Jim Lee, who had been working on X-Men. Um, and a lot of these names have been uh, significant parts of the building of Marvel or DC over the years. So some of these people may sound familiar. Um, Rob Leefield from X-Force, Mark Silvestri from Wolverine, Eric Larson, who also was working on The Amazing Spider-Man, Jim Valentino of The Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, and uh, Wilce Portacio of The Uncanny, Uncanny X-Men, along with longtime Uncanny X-Men writer Chris Claremont, who was not uh, actively involved, but, you know, lended a lot of support. So, um, Image Comics launched in 92, and just a little, little fun facts about Spawn, because what I'm getting at is Spawn is a GOAT character. That's just, I'm throwing that out there. Spawn is I, I'm honestly and obviously my number one hero. People think it's Iron Man, but no. Yeah. Spawn is actually my number Iron one Man's hero. Number Ooh, interesting. Um, Spawn is my number one, because if you know the story of Al Simmons, it's, and we talked about this lightly in the representation, but to see what the character was and how it evolved, uh, and where where the story went, I just thought it was overall good, particularly when we got to the Spawn Armageddon arc. But before I get into why I'm calling Spawn number one, just aside from my obvious affinity for it, what are y'all's takes on Spawn? On Image oh, what's Comics? My, what's, what's my Image Comics, Spawn, yeah. I mean, there are a number of titles with Image Comics, not only Spawn, but that was just their flagship. But uh, the early days, Image launched Spawn, um, Witchblade, uh, Savage Dragon, Walking Dead is one of their titles. Uh, Invincible is one of their newer titles. Jupiter's Legacy, Kick-Ass. Like, Image has been doing a lot on the low. But 
it all started with Spawn in 92. So, uh, for me, if you're talking image comics, image comics, for me, it's The Walking Dead. Um, I actually, I actually own the first um, comic book um, of that series or whatnot. Um, even when the, the TV show had uh, had just come out, but uh, uh, obviously, like I didn't even know Jupiter, Jupiter. Uh, is it Jupiter Rising? Jupiter's Legacy. Jupiter's Legacy. I didn't know that was an image comic book story until later on. But but yeah, but for me, it's The Walking Dead. That's great, but I was asking you about Spawn. Oh, oh, my bad. I, miss, I, miss I misunderstood the question. What was his favorite about image <laughs> no, I asked y'all's thoughts on Spawn. <laughs> we'll get to the favorite part later, but I was asking y'all, y'all's take on Spawn. You already know my thoughts on Spawn. Spawn is the GOAT. Like, if, if Spawn is... Number one, regardless of what universe he's in, um, yeah, he cosign the goat. So. I take it you never read Spawn, Carl. Um, no, I didn't read a lot of Spawn. That's um, the funny thing about it because Spawn is this goat character that's this powerful character, and a lot of comic readers, anime, whatever, who anybody who knows Spawn would definitely would everybody put Spawn up there like. Oh yeah, the story, what he's done. Um, but with all that said, it there's this this shroud of mystery behind how many people have actually, you know, kept in touch or kept plugged in because it's still running. Um, I just picked up issue number three nineteen and three twenty. Um, they just launched Spawn's Universe, which is the first attempt at a shared kind of multiverse within the Spawn Universe. Um, here's a couple of numbers and why I say that. So to date, um. With just under half a million pre-orders by comic release, King Spawn number one has shattered records, 497,000 um, pre-orders, which is bigger than any Marvel new monthly superhero launch, including Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, or Captain America issued in the past quarter century. Uh, King Spawn number one has also topped any DC Comics new monthly title launch for the past two and a half decades, uh, including Batman, Superman, Flash, or Wonder Woman. No Avengers or Justice League character has debuted a monthly book with sales numbers like King Spawn, number one in the 21st century. And with Spawn, again, I've said this now third time, being introduced in 92 and the Spawn, number one, that happened in 92 on record is still the highest selling creator-owned comic issue of all time with 1.7 million. So it's not like people don't know. But for some reason, it's it's... You know, when you mentioned GOAT, superheroes, all-powerful, overpowered, I don't hear Spawn thrown in a lot of people's uh, lists. Why, why would y'all think that is? Because he's got everything that we're looking for in terms of the representation, you know, like the story's solid, the characters, the introduction, the reveals, the evolution of the characters, the, you know, everything about, about the series is pretty dope, but why do y'all think it didn't, it doesn't seem to... Because a lot of people aren't comic readers. So a lot of people get their media from like cartoons and spawn hasn't had a lot of cartoons unlike people like marvel because like when people talk about no offense to x-men i love x-men but when people talk about x-men they're not talking about the comics or well, people my age when they talk about x-men they're talking about the animated series they're not really talking about comics so i think a lot of people get their got their preferences from television and not necessarily comics people who read comics you know those, you know, 47,000 people uh, pre-orders, they're probably mm -hmm. big comic readers. They probably don't read just Spawn. So it's like a lot of people just don't read comics and look to 
other forms of media to get their 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 rundowns of what's in the comics. It's kind of yeah. like Marvel is now. They go into like movies, but if you ask somebody what's going on in the current yeah, Marvel um, universe, they probably couldn't tell you. You have something to add to that, Carl? Yeah. Um, basically, uh, why I think um, why I think that is because image is everything. No pun intended um, <laughs> in that, but image uh, image is everything. What I mean by that is just like Banks said, cartoons they matter. Um, animated movies they matter. Movies in theaters or whatnot, or on HBO Max, matters. Mm-hmm. Like, even though, um, even though Spawn is more successful than these Marvel or DC comic book characters or whatnot, I mean, people people don't necessarily see him in the mainstream in certain areas on their TV screen or in the movie theater. So that's probably why. And and not without trying, because initially when Spawn first hit stands, um, there was an animated show that was on HBO and a movie that starred Michael Jai White. Yeah, the animated show was fire. Um, it's not like they didn't put this stuff out. I, I've, as somebody who's read, you know, a, a decent amount uh, of the comic, I have not read the entire thing from start to finish. But I think the biggest thing, if not for nothing, is probably the religious aspects of Spawn is, one, he's a hell of Spawn, but he's noticeably, it is a dark comic. Um, it's not for children, never has been, never would be. You know, even though we, I was a kid reading it and watching it, uh, I, I don't think that was the intent with the creation of the character. Um, and that's a big chunk of your uh, the audience, right? Iron Man, Batman, even though Batman has his darkest moments and he's a total psychopath, uh, it appeals to kids. You know, the animated series, uh, he's got gadgets and gizmos, a car, a bike, a plane, you know, stuff like that. A, a lair, you know, Spawn's lair is a dark-ass alley somewhere in New York City that you nobody would vote, you know, accidentally stroll down um, if you had the choice or option. But seeing where the story starts and finishes, I think the religious um, aspects have a big deal because it does revolve around this. You know, he is a hell spawn. He's given a choice upon his death. You know, he decides he wants to come back and uh, he's given an option to come back. And he, you know, that's if he becomes a hell spawn for Malboja, who is a lower ranking demon slash devil in hell. Um, you know, at some point he's over Malboja. That guy gets nixed. Um, and then sets off what is the story arc that leads up to the war for heaven and hell. And I think, you know, maybe some fans had had issues with how, um, you know, that all of that got depicted. But it was a really dope story for people who want to read it. Spawn goes through. Uh, he fights with the Fallen, who are a bunch of angels who in the original war for heaven and hell uh, supported God, but decided they didn't want to fight. So when it was all said and done, God cast them out to Earth and they didn't go to hell. But they were just stuck on Earth. Uh, he fights through the disciples, which each one is a. Uh, a version of the, the original 12 disciples with the last one being Judas Iscariot, whose ultimate punishment because he portrayed Jesus is, you know, yeah, he was condemned. And it's, it's just really dope where they, where they, what they explored and everything. And um, not to spoil it, but there's a tagline that Spawn is the hero that could save, that saved the world, but couldn't save his own. And there's a heavy reveal at the end of that. Um, for those of you who want to take a look and read that Spawn Armageddon story arc, but Carl, you already told us walking dead. What are some of your, um, or other notable favorite image titles, because they've got a lot from um, not just in general, but also black figures too. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to act like some es- expert or whatnot. The only, the only real things I really know from image are, are the walking dead and uh, Jupiter's legacy. Um, 
like I've I've seen, you know, other titles or whatnot, but I don't I'm ignorant to um to who or what they are and what they're about. I gotta I'll, I'll throw a few out there for y'all just in case. Did you watch Deadly Class? Did I watch what? Deadly Class is a, a show on was it on Hulu or Netflix? Deadly I Class. Watched it. The show was good. Check it out if you if you want to give, but that is also an image comic. Deadly Class is about a group of teenagers, classroom. Um, they are literally being trained to be assassins. That's the whole premise. The school is they come from. It, uh, is it assassination classroom or? No, no, no. Deadly class is, is okay. two different. These are two different things. Remember, assassination classroom, they have to assassinate the teacher. They're regular oh, students, though. Okay. They're not assassins. Deadly class, these kids are everything from senators' kids to wealthy cartel kingpins, like just the elite, whatever your parents do, but they all get sent to this school. Yakuza, uh, you know, gangs, all that. Their kids get sent to this school to be trained to be killers and assimilate. And it's, it's uh, only one season is up, but it is, it is solid. It is good. Uh, Deadly Class is one. Uh, Homesick Pilots, which I'm, which I'm reading. Uh, Radiant Black, Walking Dead. Um, they've got a lot. 80 After Death, Adventure Man. Jesus, I could go on and on. Uh, Invincible is one of their newer ones. Yeah. Bank City takes on any uh, any image yeah, comments? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, I mean, I'm I'm reading Philadelphia from Rodney Barnes, and I'm, mm. you know, cause, just because I've been a big fan of Rodney before I even knew I was a, a fan of him because some of the stuff he made from before the Boondocks, I didn't even know he was on. So like, he was on my wife, like he was a, a credited for my wife and kids, so he was a writer for that. So. But yeah, since I found out he was he did Boondocks and Black Dynamite, and I was like huge fans of those two shows. Um, so now, like when he, you know, I just start following them from that. So now when he puts out stuff, I you know make sure to go watch it because you know it's a lot of stuff. A lot. Of, it's like that for a lot of people. It's a lot of they put out a lot of content. And you have no idea that they was on it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, just so now that I know that how to you know with social media, you know how to follow people. You know how to. Uh, see what they're working on, so, so yeah, I'm I'm reading Philadelphia, and then just looking through image, seems- what was Philadelphia? What's that's the uh, vampires? Yeah, the vampire store. Vampires, yeah. Huh. Can't go wrong with vampires. Yeah, can't go. I mean, you yeah, you can't go wrong with vampires, especially if you're killing them. You know, it'd be. I I wish this is just, I'm just just my two cents. I need more people to make. Uh, werewolf stories. You know what? I'll do and what you said. I'm gonna do it myself. I'm going to said. make a story about werewolves. Stay tuned. So <laughs> the last, I think the last. What a clap set! Uh, werewolves, baby. I think the last, uh, the last werewolf uh, show we had on was like Teen Wolf. It was what? Teen Wolf. That was the last werewolf show that was on. Didn't TV. get into it. Oh, Teen Wolf. Not really yeah, get into yeah. it. That's because they do. That's why I didn't get into it. I want to watch a real, yo, werewolf story, not Twilight for werewolves. I don't. Some stuff is like, even though it'll it'll be, uh, subject matter about stuff that I like. But if you put the subject matter in the wrong, you know, genre, 
I ain't trying to watch it. I ain't trying to, you know, if, if it's an opera or a ballet about werewolves, that's not my stuff. No offense to ballet. It's just not my stuff. So it's like, I need people to like take Actually, werewolves and put them in their, put them in their universe the way they were created and then make a dope story around that instead of, you know, trying to do, um, I mean, if you, not saying you, you don't, you don't have to do this because I know there's people who watch stuff like that and I don't want people to feel like everything has their place and you can't get out, go outside those boxes because I think you can. It's just that I'm not going to watch it. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, sorry. I I enjoyed Teen Wolf. I think I think the last couple of werewolf shows I remember Teen Wolf being human. Um, what else? Maybe Bitten. But um, yeah, there's not a lot of them though. Yeah. So I'm Banks is kicking work. off I'm the werewolf werewolf work. resurrection. Yeah, that's what I'm we're doing. Um, other now, what I like about Image is they do highlight um a lot of their. Uh, creators in general, but just, you know, they're big on the diversity and the inclusion and they do highlight not only they're black, but also Asian American, yeah. Pacific, Pacific Indian, all that. But speaking to black creators that are at Image that I'm excited to check out, um, Mark Bernadine and Afua Richardson have been working on this comic genius. Um, and what it centers around is, you know, throughout history, we've seen like Alexander the Great's Napoleon, uh, the Genghis Khan, you know, that like, what if the next great military mind um, was was born right here in America, but not just born here in America. Um, was was kind of well sitting around. What if what if uh, a black girl from South Central LA by the name of Destiny, like rose to power? You know, what if she just took took started with her little two or three blocks where she's from, took that back strategically, and then decided that she wanted to wage war against the city and eventually the world or whatever. Um, so it's just an interesting take on that. You know, kind of an empowerment, but it's um, it's an action packed book. You know, kind of fantasy i guess starting with la but it's it's the type of story that i could easily get um get sucked into so i'm excited to at least be checking that out among many others but i'm not going to stay fixed on me carl i saw you went and get a got a few comics that you uh was looking like you was ready to talk about you got something for us oh my man black sands i was gonna we was gonna mention him let's get into it Go ahead. Um, how is that so what how is it? I haven't ordered mine yet, but I, I am looking forward um, to reading. I I haven't I haven't taken it out of the package yet. I actually want to um I actually want to look at it with um my cousins. They're kind of like my nephews. They like um I know one of them at least like anime. I was trying to save it and uh, look at it with him, but uh but um I actually this this actually just recently came in the mail uh yesterday. So congrats, timing. brother. Who are the creators on that? Um, For what, Black Man Sands? Manuel Godoy, David yeah. uh, Lennerman. Make sure we shout out the creators. Yeah, but that, that brother's been putting in work on that. Uh, don't they have a TV show as well that had, they're working he's, on? He's coming up with a, uh, yeah, he's working on a 3D animated um, series. And then, um, and, and Black Sands as a company has like a whole bunch of, it's not just um, him. It has like a whole bunch of other comics from other creators uh, that's also on there. And then he also has like novels. So it's not just comics and stuff. So it's like really trying to build, um, you know, just build a, a larger company with just not, with not just focusing on his stuff. So 
Emmanuel Godoy, Prison Black supports you, sir. And we look forward to seeing what you got going as we create our own stuff. We look forward to getting with you and getting some of your comments, your thoughts, your takes on some stuff. But we definitely support what you're doing, sir. Looking forward to everything that Black Sands is bringing to the table. Um, two more I've got uh, image Black creators. Uh, Johnny Christmas and Valentine, Valentine uh, Delandro. Now, Johnny Christmas, uh, he is the creator, writer, and artist of Firebug. Uh, co-created um, Sheltered, which is what sparked my interest. Yeah. Um, Valentine Delandro is a uh, co-creator of Bitch Planet with Sue DeConnick. And essentially that is a science fiction um, exploitation riff on women in prison. Um, that's what it is. Uh, they're about three issues or three volumes in. Um, I have, that's that's the tagline and that's like what it, you know, the, the quick summary. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Sheltered, uh, this is Johnny Christmas, and this is a pre-apocalyptic tale of survival at any cost. Uh, and I'm reading off Image Comics' uh, website, but the men and women of Safe Haven have been preparing for any and all end-of-world scenarios for years. However, their bunkers, weapons, and training can't save them from the one threat they never could have expected, their own children. I got a question, because this, this is, relates to Sheltered. Um, how important is like the cover art? Or as far as like gaining your attention, because Sheltered Volume One is what really made me want to read it. Just seeing like the cover art, um, so like just just like what's going in comics in general, how important is that to y'all? Like I know it's not a topic that we uh, discuss, you know. And if y'all want to shelf it for later, I'm glad you. No, I'm glad you asked because I I definitely. But Carl, please, I defer to my colleague first. Before I get my take. Um. Um. Uh, I'd rather you go first, Will. So on a scale of 10, one being not that important, 10 being absolutely, I'd say about 100. When I stop by my local comic shops, as I browse through the walls, in addition to asking questions about what's new, what's hot, you know, following some of the um, staff picks, what the first thing that jumps out like a bottle of wine, the, the cover art, you know, they say never judge a book by its cover, but actually with comic books, you kind of do judge book, these books by their covers because that's going to tell you everything you want to know about what the artist, the story, does it grab my attention? Does it capture? I also, as a collector, am personally very much into, um, I'm big on that, not just the cover art, but the variant editions. Um, getting those editions that don't include all of the, I forgot what they're called, but there are specific variants that have no title, no um, credits. It's just yeah. the art itself. And those you, you'll pay a little bit more money for most times. I've got a variant of a specific Carnage issue um, that Eaton number four. Um, there are two variants out with X-Men number two that just came out um, for AE, uh, AAAP month, um, Asian Heritage and Pride. And they featured Psylocke and another character whose name I don't know. She's a new X-Men. Uh, but stuff like that resonates and hits for me. And I absolutely, I just picked up I Am Batman Zero, which fixed, fixed, uh, features, I think, our first Black Batman cover. I know Jace Fox is not the first bat, black Batman. We've had two. Uh, I think he's the second. But having a black Batman on the cover and having, I mentioned the um, President Superman with Infinite Frontiers, having no, like stuff like that matters. It hits for me. So I'll buy, I'm prone to buy those just off the cover. Even And I'll buy two. Sometimes I'll buy the regular issue so I can read it and I'll buy a variant that I'm never going to touch after the initial, you know, because I'm in this collecting part. So covers matter to me. Yeah. So, sorry if I took y'all off, but yeah, I was just, because like that's where, when I was, like, going through, like, because I went to Barnes & Nobles and uh, I went to two bookstores last weekend. It's just, like, 
looking through stuff, the covers would make me pick it up. So it's like, and then like when I was going through Image and like seeing what comics uh to to get next, that's kind of like what stops me. So it's like I just want to ask y'all that. So like, but yeah. Carl, how you feel about covers? Um, they get me. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Most uh, most of the time when I see a cover, and it's dope, they they already got me. It, just... it started for me honestly. That's how I learned to draw. Comic book covers before I ever got to you know copying like looking at an anime character or whatever. I started wanting to learn, and my fascination with drawing came from looking at comic book covers and wanting to, I wonder if I could do that. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, a little secret for y'all, me and Carl and them back in fifth grade, that's what we used to do in class, <laughs> be drawing. Still got the video game. <laughs> we did Still come up with out. some video games, too. We created a video game. Put it out. But um, pivoting and moving on to Boom, I mean, did y'all have any other black creators that y'all wanted to discuss? There's a few more, but I, I, this is another conversation we covered you because Image has so many titles and i didn't realize they were as i mean they're number three for a reason right but um spawn obviously has a special place in my heart and that's one of my you know that's my og superhero for those who don't know um and i'm excited that the movie we're getting somewhat of a reboot i think jamie fox and jamie renner are still on for that no confirmations but all good things to come and with uh with a new reboot movie means new merch new tv shows maybe new anime. say what Say, yeah, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. So pivoting to Boom, they are the other other guys. And I don't have a cool backstory for Boom. I just know I've looked up and it turns out when I wonder what I'm reading and I go, if it's not Image, Marvel, or DC, nine times out of seven, it's a Boom Studios comic. I'll just throw out some titles here and we can, we can center because they, they also have a lot. But Adventure Time is a Boom Studios title. Angel. The Thief Among Trees, Bags, Ben 10, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, that 80s movie with Kurt Russell and the Three Storms, all that. (laughs) Bill and Ted, Black Badge, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Clueless, Destroyer, Diesel, Dodge City, Dodo, The Empty Man, Fence, Firefly, Fraggle Rock, Garfield, Ghost in the Himalayas, Hotel Dare, Heavy Vinyl, Irredeemable, Labyrinth, and Dark Crystal. I mean, these are some pretty, these are classics. Like these, we know these, right? Um, there's a story on Judas. See, just beyond The Magicians, popular show on Netflix. If you love magic and you like Harry Potter and stuff like that, uh, I would best describe Magicians as a, as a, not comparable, but the other it's side not, of Harry Potter, I would think, because it goes deeper. I think it's, it's an whole, it's it's an adult version. Yeah, yeah, adult. That's that's what I was wanting to get at, but I, I didn't want to quite call it adult. But yeah, sure, we can run with that because uh, it is. Um, Met Cadet U, Power Rangers, and it is of note. The comics guys at um at Rick's mentioned they when they took this series when Boom got a hold of it, they aged it. So if you were around when Power Rangers first debuted back in the early nineties. these stories pick up for kids like us. So we're grown now so that Power Rangers have been aged to kind of fit our idea, our takes is what I've been told. Um, Peanuts, RoboCop, regular show, Rocco's Modern Life, 
Ronin Island, Rugrats, Need I Keep Going? Oh, one of my favorites. Last two here because there's plenty more, but Steven Universe and what I'm currently reading, Something is Killing the Children. Um, but they've got more and also The Woods and WWE comics, but they've got the titles. I, I had no idea that Boom had their hands in all those cookie jars. I, I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Earlier is that like, granted, you know, it's like kind of like books, you know, like people wait for the movie to come out, and people the people who read the books are super excited about the books, mm. but like most people don't take the time to to read the the source material. They just wait for they just see what's on TV because that's their main source of entertainment. Uh, you know, uh, their main say, main source of media. That's how they consume all their media, which is like through through video or through their phone or through television. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people don't know that these comics are on here is because of that. So I think when everybody, because like everybody, not gonna say everybody, but like a lot of people know regular show. A lot of right. people might not know might not know that regular show is a comic. A lot of people might not know that Adventure Time is a comic. So, but Adventure Time is like the number one show on, uh, on uh, Cartoon Network when it was on, and so it was regular show. So, I just think people consume media in different ways, and then that, I think that's why a lot of these comics don't get the shine that they get uh, supposed to get. And then you got on that, Carl? No, no, I'm on. I'm gonna let you guys uh just take this one. <laughs> Man, he's getting sleepy. He's sleepy over there. Uh I'll say this: Boom and and Image are very much considered independents, but however, in which they are, with some of these titles that they've got licensing to, because what, what this opens the door up to is shared universes. I don't know why they're I don't see any reason for them not to be major because that what what I got from the guys at the comic local shop is. That's the, one of the differentiating, differentiating factors between majors and the independents. Once you've established a shared universe between your properties, that's pretty much, you know, to be able to have that creative. Because notice that is what Marvel and DC evolved to eventually in order to maintain and keep or at least focus. Because, you know, think about the old DC universe we knew. Like the, if you guys have ever seen the encyclopedias out there, the Marvel DC encyclopedias, there are a number of characters that were created, started and just finished. No continuance. No, you know, they came, they went. That's it. Um, and that was part of the big DC New 52 reboot because they had so many characters and so much license. It's like, yo, we can't really continue to write and keep up with all these characters. So we're going to focus on these and what trickles down from them is what it's going to be. So there's no reason for you know, owning all this because that's um, we've seen the Batman Ninja Turtles crossover. That's happened. Um, IDW, I think, has... The licensing to Power uh, My Little Pony and Transformers. But what, what I'm getting at is there's no reason for Boom not to like with some of these more popular titles to actually start bridging off or image too. I don't think they ever will because they're, you know, pro creator ownership, right? But we could see, you know, shared universe between some of these titles. And I, honestly, is there anything off that list that sticks out to you that you would want to Home see? Boom or image? Either or. Yeah, I would definitely want to see um, Spawn and. Uh... Witchblade. They did. They did do a crossover. Oh, they did do a crossover. There's a comic, not a, not an anime, but there's a comic. I've got the first three issue, issues of Spawn and Witchblade, and it's medieval Spawn and Witchblade, but okay. it was uh, a dope crossover from what I hear. It's it's a, it was pretty dope. Yeah, 
Um, honestly, I'm going to go on a limb and I might get killed for this. I don't mind any crossover on the boom side as long as Mordecai and Rigby get fitted in because they. Hold on, what? Was, you got you to speak clearly because I want to hear this. I don't mind. And, and this is just for shits and giggles. This isn't any particular serious crossover. But I have such an affinity for regular show because regular show, for those who don't know, is a GOAT cartoon for me. <laughs> I'm putting it up there after years of avid cartoon watching and whatever, whatever. That It's an adult show cleverly disguised for kids. And it's not so over the top as with the adult themes. Um, it's, it's basically for anybody who was born, if you were born anytime before the mid 90s, most of the jokes that are penciled into regular show are going to hit. They're going to land. You know, it's just a full of pop culture references for that that age group. And, you know, Mordecai Rigby, these two teenage, I guess, losers that just they have these spectacular adventures going through and dealing with the everyday regular BS of life. But in, an, in a potential shared universe, I see those characters as versatile as they are. And as much as we've seen them do, because they, they essentially have tune power, right? They could fit in just about any story just being Mordecai and Rigby. <laughs> that doesn't involve vampires and zombies and shit like that. I mean, just the other shit, you know. <laughs> Please edit the cursor. I don't think Mordecai and Rigby will fit in Adventure Time, but... You could, you could definitely fit them in Adventure Time. I think there's How could you much, not? I think there's way too much magic in Adventure Time to fit Mordecai and Rigby. They would just be would they not the just become effort. magical? I mean, we forgot no. they journeyed to an entire world where rules didn't exist, and like they rules do magical didn't. shit. But I'm saying they, that's that's the thing—they have rules, and the only reason, uh, like Mordecai and Rigby would just be running the whole episode. That's all that would be happening. No, I mean the episode where they went into the dumpster where there were no rules. Remember, they got fired from the park. Well, yeah, and because on that episode they have no rules, but like in Adventure Time universe, there's rules. So like. I don't think they would fit in there, but it's my take. Oh, no, I, I, the adventures, some of the, sh- the stuff they've done with skips, some of the adventures they've had, bro. They've had major adventures, but like. They went to spend. I mean, they've done a lot. Think about it. And they, now, granted, Rigby would just ruin most most anything, but I think that's where Mordecai comes in and balances that out. But yeah, I love regular show, too. R.I.P. regular show. Yeah, J.G. Quinto. He's got another show that um, was on who, uh, HBO. Um, God, I, I can't remember the name of it because it's basically just a more, hence why it went to HBO. Basically, the same as regular show, but uh, definitely more adult. I think it's called Close Enough. Yeah, first season is on HBO, Close Enough. But that show is hilarious. Very meta and very current. So anything that was happening in 2019, 2018, 2020, like, Close enough hits on all of that. So, but um, guys, it's ten fifty. We've been going for almost three hours. Yeah, it was a good episode, man. Had a lot on my mind, Carl. Are you sleepy or are you just excited to get the next week's episode? <laughs> nah, I'm cool. I'm uh, I'm actually thinking about a couple of different topics for next week. But I, I had one for next week uh, that we could factor in and sneak preak. But what do y'all think about doing a uh? Big three versus the OGs. OGs referring to who? So big three exclusively refers to a specific period on Shonen where three shows were the anchors and doing uh, ridiculous numbers unlike the likes of anything that had ever happened before in Shonen Jump. I believe those shows were Naruto. Um, 
I think one piece. Let me see. Naruto, Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. And this is also the first time the term Big Three was coined to refer to a specific set of anime that, and manga that was just doing ridiculous numbers. And this was also a, a turning point in um, the evolution of anime and anime watchers where a lot of people who missed out, like if you missed out on the OG era that we came up in, because a lot of uh, us would say, and we talked about this before on this show, but we've named some of our OGs, which DBZ, some Gundams, what have you, and whatever. Um, Bleach, Naruto, and One Piece was a whole new introduction for an entire new generation. And that sort of progression from our OGs, what we would call the OGs, to these big three, to now the new wave big three, which some would say Jujutsu Kaisen, Demon Slayer, um, you know, some of these other shows are just out making noises, you know, and that are still very early. But I think that would be an interesting point to dissect just between now and then, I know I'm not going to finish One Piece, so I need to get busy on Naruto and dive into Bleach. Hey, you can watch One Piece for the next 10 years. You probably won't finish it. Boy. Couldn't. It's a lot of fucking TV to watch. 15 seasons, bro. It's like 100, 100 episodes a pop each. I'll tell you. I know. Um, I'm not saying what you what you said about the big three isn't true, but I would much rather break them up by by um, year they came out for like a certain year, I guess. Period. Yeah, and I'm not sure. We'll have to check because a, a, another thing with the big three, a lot of those came out before their actual popularity hit. Um, yeah, they became, Naruto. yeah, they were donned as the big three because it was during the mid-2000s. Shonen Jump just started trending up, and it was because of these three shows as the anchor. Um they're not a big three for me, but I definitely get what people are talking because I had no idea that this is even a uh, a debate. But apparently, it is going to some of these anime groups and people will argue to death about what's considered big three and what isn't. <laughs> but I think we all three have OG big threes, and then I could definitely acknowledge these three as you know, okay, they are the shonen big three, like whatever. But yeah, we can we can talk about it. But that's one thing to add to the talk track. Uh, probably continue on some of these moments. Definitely. I think those I think those moments are like what really makes these like shows stick for people. So and it it'll really it'll really tell it can really tell you what you're into. Like, cause sometimes people be talking about their moments in anime, and I just be like, like looking, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that don't sound too interesting. So, but yeah, it's it's, it's cool. We can do that next week. I'm gonna go back and watch Princess Mononoke, cause I know that had at least one moment in it. In my early days of anime, uh, don't get me started on the movie. The movie moments always hit way. Dog, we we could we didn't even touch movie moments. Like we can definitely go in on some movie moments. <laughs> Carl, you all right? Yep. Carl said, "Night, night. It's time to go to sleep. <laughs> y'all rambling. Shut." Nah, but <laughs> thank you to the listeners for tuning in and tapping in with us. You could have been anywhere in the world, but of course, as always, we do appreciate the privilege of your time. My name is William H. And don't forget, uh, time is money, but money can't buy time. So don't forget to stop. Smell the roses. I'm going to get that tagline down, I swear. William H. Murphy's all 615. <laughs> now I'm Banks himself. Don't forget, I need money. <laughs> Q50 cent. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
I am the lone Jedi of the group, uh, Chaos Black, a.k.a. Carl Tomlinson. Yo, Banks, do Jedi still suck? Jedi still suck, bro. Out here just telling people how to live. Not, you know, just just sucking. I swear, bro, if, if they could just get some cheeks, I'd sign on. I'd be down for the Jedi I life. I still ain't signing on. Because you're you going to get some cheeks, and then they going to kidnap your fucking children. Well, I mean, I'm, what I'm, I'm implying, if they just re- redid, like, just allow people, allow them to feel. Like, how do you tell somebody you got to protect the galaxy, but you essentially have to be an ant? Like, you can't feel, because they also can't make impulse decisions. They would just be Sith then, if they did that. America and everybody else in the world, these are the same people who said I was arguing with myself. I didn't start this. You, you hear this? Look, you hear this? You'd be, you, how many Star Wars hold on, hold on. have you They said about? I wasn't arguing with myself. Who, who's? Who, who's talk, who, who's talking about Let me ask you a question. Right How many Star Wars conventions have you actually been to? Say what? How many Star Wars conventions have you been to? Enough to know that you ain't no Sith. How about that? Wow. Nah, so that's zero, because you'd be surprised. <laughs> so that's zero. <laughs> that's, that's the answer to that question. You'd be surprised how many more people are pro Sith than Jedi. It's just saying, dog. <laughs> you would be absolutely Completely surprised. irrelevant to what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about how badly the Jedi suck. So. Yeah, I mean, we're nice of the old republic, Carl. Yeah. You know, the Jedi suck so much they could have stopped that. They could have stopped the Empire expanding its reach like three times, and they didn't. So, you know, they suck. Meanwhile, what did the Sith do? Succeeded a few times. Succeeded. <laughs> they succeeded a few times. Except they killed each other, and it's only like one or two of them. Nah, it's me and Banks. That's all we need. Less is more, bro. Jedi, well, yeah. what sense it made to have all them Jedi and y'all got wrecked by one Sith? He took the entire, yo, one Sith took down the entire Jedi Knight Temple. Um, you do that realize that, um, um, I would, I, no disrespect, but, um, that's just kind of like plot armor. I mean, realistically, that's not really, I mean, if you, if you want to play this out in a real, that's, that's not happening. I mean, but it happened, Carl. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I'm saying it, it happened, bro. No, I okay. <laughs> let's 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 look at this like realist, like like you said, Mace Windu and all his abilities and whatnot. How is he losing to Darth Sidious? He's not. So how his power works now? I as much as I hate that because I have actually gotten into this debate with some people, but. As much as I hate the fact that Mace Windu should not have been killed, it's not an all-encompassing power where he can look into people like everybody. No, but I, I'm saying wants. like the reason the Sith, the reason the Sith won, like the reason two Sith won over all those Jedi's is plot armor, not because they don't, they're not good. It's plot armor. No, Carl, I don't think you can call it plot armor. With destroying everybody in the, her most recent movies, because there's no way she would have killed all them people. Say what? Hold on, I, I didn't hear you, Banks. I said, wouldn't it be the same thing for Ray in the most recent movies? Because there's no way she would have killed all them people, seeing how she had barely, she had just started training. Who? Ray. Ray. Oh, oh. In the new movies. Yeah, Ray. Ray's story arc was filled with a ton of plot armor. Um, now I I will say um I will say you bring up a good point. Like if you look at the first movie, like she was in, like uh, the Force Awakens, like she shouldn't have been able to beat Kylo Ren, even though even if he took, even though he was injured, like that that's plot armor too. She yeah. shouldn't have been able to beat him. 
then yeah, so it. here's the thing, Carl. I don't think you, I don't know if we're going to call that plot armor. As defined part are as a character's unusual or unbelievable abilities to survive physical damage, injury due to their importance to the story. But in this aspect, this is the story. Like it'd be one thing if Anakin's evolution was counter to the story and sort of, you know, on the side. But from the jump, from episode four, the story of Darth Vader turning to the dark side, you know, his ascension to that, that's the story. So I don't yeah. know how any parts of, of yeah, that I is defined as plot armor. No, no, I'm not I'm not saying Dark Vader turning to the dark side is plot is plot armor. Like I'm 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 not disagreeing with that. I'm saying that if you have two Sith versus thirty Jedi, I mean they 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 can't win. The Sith can't win without plot armor. The Jedi aren't invincible and that's not true. You, no, you're I'm saying not that, saying, but that's, I'm that's not, not true. <laughs> I'm not saying they're invisible. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here's, here's what happened. One Sith Lord showed up and completely wrecked. Now, all of the big Jedi weren't there. That goes without saying. If all of them had been there, would Anakin have even bothered to show up? Probably not. However, this was a strategic correlated uh, attack launched by the Emperor. Remember, he had all the, all the Jedi split out, so we're seeing them get popped one by one. There were some there who were, you know, enough, but none of them. Anakin's a high-ranking Jedi at the time, or was. You know, he was ar- arguably the best swordsman. So, I mean, that's I, the idea I'll use that he, it. I'll use it in a way that's um, where a Jedi beat a Sith that it was plot on. Like, like Banks just said, when Rey, first time she touches a lifesaver, first time she's really in a fight with Kylo Ren, she ends up winning. That's plot on. She's she shouldn't be able to beat him. Did she win? Because the first time they met, she fled. I'm just saying, like, even... Like she ran. <laughs> Her and Finn ran. I'm saying, like, I'm talking about the end. She still she, shouldn't she, be able to beat him. She should have beat all them people. Like, she had barely any training. Yes. Yeah. No, no, that's... that's Well, my, excluding the progression in the saga, but mind you, that is a totally, entirely different situation and scenario versus Anakin slaughtering the, the Jedi Knight to everybody that was in the temple. You're moving the goalposts, which is what you do do. You do move the goalposts a lot. No, make I mean, Banks made a good point. I mean, he's right. No, but that what Anakin did and what that those are two different like that. Anakin story, to, not plot. Armor. I'm not. I'm not just talking about specifically Anakin. I'm talking about the fact that the Sith would just with just uh, Sidious and Duco, and then Sidious and like Anakin were able to do. I mean, that's to to accomplish that feat, plot armor. Yeah, that's what we're. That's I'm saying it's not, but you know, go ahead, let's go off this Ray scenario. The the last trilogy is full of plot armor that doesn't. Since it's clearly a good conversation, we can table. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring that. We'll we'll definitely table this for another time. But that's plot armor. Like that is the story. Ray, a lot of what happens and got it stuff was happening that just we we got a lot of that with no answers, no conclusion. So that's why I would definitely call Ray's arc a lot of plot armor because like Snoop. Introduction to General Snoop with no explanation to who he was. Like he gets taken out fairly easy. But we'll save that for another episode. Prison Black, thank y'all for rocking with us. Peace. I'm not fired. Run it back one more time, Banks. Hold up. Run it back one more time. I need one more so I can hardly shake that. Yeah, that sexy, jazzy saxophone.
<laughs> that 80s sexy sax. 